Justin, I'll explain this in just a moment. <laughs> That's great. It starts with the ghost of Tsushima and Hades. Fall Guys is a fun game. Boom, boom. Ghost Runner, Spear Fair, Microsoft Flight Simulator. These are all some good games. Thank you for the good games. New Horizon, Watch Out Legion, Doom Eternal, Like a Dragon, FF7, Half-Life Alex, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Last of Us, Spelunky 2, Avengers Crash, Bandicoot, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla. It's the game of the year as we know it. It's the end of the year as we know it. It's the game of the year as we know it. We're Hitbox. Thank you. That was beautiful. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Thank you. It's gonna slow clap. A sl- a slow clap. Well, thank you very much. Um, that was really good. So here's. Thank you. I, I I spent about 15 minutes on that. I was unloading the dishwasher. Okay. And in my head, um, I've been I've been sitting on this for like a week and a half. By the way, just. <laughs> <laughs> And I was really disappointed last week when I was like, oh, right, this isn't the Game of the Year episode. <laughs> so um, I was in my head going, it's the end of the world as we know. You know, obviously the classic Dishwasher song. unloading song, right, yeah. Correct. For whatever reason, that was stuck in my head. And then I was like, oh, it's the Game of the Year as we know it. And I was like, oh, that, you know, that can sort of fit in there. And then I was like, well, that's great. It starts with some earthquakes, a bunch of snakes and airplanes. Okay, that's great. It starts with the goes to Tsushima and Hades yeah and then I sat down and uh stopped unloading the dishwasher for about 15 minutes and really really thought about it and had to write it down so I just imagine you sitting in the middle of your kitchen floor (laughs) that's Justin that's literally what I was doing I ran upstairs got my computer and I sat down immediately yeah I I again have been sitting on that for a long time and here's the thing it's like I tried to I showed it to Elena and she was like I don't I don't I don't and I was like yeah okay I understand that this is uh not <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter what I'm trying to say is this is the game of the year episode and I'm I'm glad that you're here with me on this on this our journey here you know what I'm saying you ever I, write you ever write fun weird Al songs for the moments in your life I no but I'm you know I really did appreciate you doing that Here's a song I wrote when I graduated high school. You walk around the tip. I don't know. I didn't. I, didn't <laughs> yeah, have a I was like, wow, you really pulled that one up quick. <laughs> um, and I said, you walk around the table, but you walk across a stage, Justin, a stage. Uh, I, I gotta be. I gotta be honest. And this is like yeah. you know, always on like you know the the icebreaker activities. Um, mm-hmm. Music and me, we're not. We're not. We're not friends with each other i don't like actively hate music i just don't actively seek it out sure sure like i I don't listen to to albums i listen to podcasts i understand right now i i've actually noticed i i've listened to like significantly less music in just this year than i normally do because usually for me podcasts are an at-home thing and music is an in the car thing and because i've been driving significantly less um, i have not really been listening to a whole ton of tunes which um yeah, it puts me behind in all the forums, all the chat rooms. People are just making fun of me left and right, saying, look at this podcast boy. Um, he he put down his guitar, picked up a microphone. And I know that sounds like it's sort of similar, you know, in the music space. Right. But uh, instead of instead of showing off those golden pipes I have, um, I use my throat for talking instead of singing. Well, that got away from you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it did. But so when you're when you're listening to music in your car, you have your guitar with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing along. <laughs> 
I'm, you know, just sort of noodling together. I've got the window open, so the neck gets out there, and I'm sort of strumming as I as I drive. It's Us- you know using your feet to to hold the steering wheel. Yeah, it's sort of like a knees sort of yeah sort of thing, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I actually for for Christmas, Elena did get me a little little decal to put on my one of my fretboards. That's the the moth from The Last of Us. Um, I'm I'm excited. I might do that later today. It's a, it's I'm excited a for it. Nice little gift. It is. But we're not here, Justin, to talk about. Uh, I almost said Halloween, Christmas <laughs> gifts, <laughs> and and um, and our own sort of little Weird Al covers of of REM songs. No, no, no. We're here to talk about games because this is Hitbox. <laughs> to get like a i gotta get a soundboard to really so that we can hear the, the song as it plays uh, in the actual episode yeah that'd, I think be, that'd, be, that'd, that'd be actually kind of fun i i agree but i think it would be, end up being like a 150 dollar purchase would that be would one. that be a soundboard or like one of those stream deck things oh it actually might be a stream deck that actually might work okay yeah i think you could get a stream deck pretty affordably yeah that makes sense and it's I might, multi-use I might, too i might look into that but uh welcome to episode number 23 uh, nobody likes you when you're 23. Blink 182 told me, you know, sort of keeping up with the music theme here. Oh, geez, I'm um, sorry, sorry to hear that. Then for you, yeah. And tomorrow I turn 23, so this is kind of an important episode for me. You know, I've hit all the big ones. I, I like at this point, like you know, you get 18. Now you're now you're an adult. LOL. And then you hit 21, and now I'm an adult who can drink but chooses not to. And then now I'm 23, and, it, and the world just hates me. Oh, what about when but, you're 26 um, and you get kicked off of your parents' insurance? That's a fun one, too. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. There's no Blink song about that, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, hard to, it's hard to say. My name is Peter Hans-Pitzek, though, and with me this week, uh, talking about Blink-182 and health insurance, is Justin Mekovich. <laughs> yeah, I'm a man of many things. I know a lot of what's things, your, and insurance your, apparently is one. What's your favorite Blink song? You're not. Didn't we just say how I don't know music? <laughs> I, I have a question. What yeah. are your top ten Blink One Eighty Two songs? Oh boy, uh, oh boy, it's probably um, they don't have a Let's sound see pack. How for many this Blink songs? Just in those. We could spend no, a long there's time some here. Guitar Hero songs. What? I'll say my. I would probably put in my top five Dump Weed. I'm gonna, here. I'm going to name a bunch of Blink One Eighty Two songs, and you're going to tell me which are fake. So we got Dump Weed. That's real because you started with it. Happy holidays, you bastards. That's probably true as well. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's fake. That's real. Mm. Um, I didn't uh, realize they just... were into puns as much. Like <laughs> <laughs> they, they are. They are. Let me, let me, let me tell you one of these. Um, what about dick lips? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that's fake. That's real. Oh no. <laughs> uh, let me, let me tell you the lyrics to, to. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, and then we'll move on. I promise. Uh, so it's it's like a forty five minute song, and it starts with a there's a wailing guitar what? solo. Yeah, forty five minute song. No, for, uh, excuse me, forty five seconds. Oh my god, I was like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, they're not rushed. They're not like a whatever. But um, it starts with a you know thirty second guitar solo, and then it says, "There's something about you that I can't quite put my finger in." So let's talk about our games oh, that we played this year, Justin. Well, that's, a, that's a transition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm good at segues. They call me Paul Blart. So what? Um, 
I'm bringing some heat that's today. Good. Uh, that's pretty good. That's a reference. That was speaking of Paul Blart. That was an enjoyable movie. Uh, what was the one with Seth Rogen? That was not. It was also about um, a mall cop. Observe and report. Um, yes, that was a bad. I one. I didn't see it. That was a bad one. Paul Blart I've, mall cop. Enjoyable. I think one of my I've favorite things from that scene. He's one, on his Segway. He's in a ball pit, and he literally like rises like Darth Vader <laughs> from like yes, down actually, in the yes, pit. yes, yes. Um. It's been a really long time since I've seen Paul Blart Mall Cop 1. I've not seen the second one, but um, you, I'm, ho- I'm hoping for a sequel, for a third one, for a trilogy. I didn't know there was a second one, so I have some watching to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, if you're in a podcast, there's Till Death Do Us Blart, where these guys listen to watch uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 every single year until they all die. Now, that's a so real that- Blink-182 song, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Justin, save us. Save us. <laughs> what uh what's what games have you been playing this week? Be brief because we're gonna talk about a lot of games. Yeah, I can I, I can be real brief with two of them specifically. Um I went back into my uh backlog of things that I wanted to finish and I beat both mm-hmm. Dragon Quest eleven and Xenoblade Chronicles remastered oh, okay. for the uh Switch. Um and uh, it turns out, like I, I didn't, I didn't tackle the final boss in Dragon Quest Eleven uh, because I thought I needed to power level myself up. But turns out I was already so powerful that I was able able to auto battle my way <laughs> through the final boss pretty easily. Oh, and I dang. just needed to just do it once, and that was it. It was pretty easy. Um, and then Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, that game, uh, is such a better version of Xenoblade Chronicles than the original one for the 3DS and the Wii, uh, and, uh, shocking, really, and you know how much I love Xenoblade, the endings of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 are the exact same. Like literally the exact same, or like they, just the same stuff. They happens. update the cutscene between <clears throat> one and two graphic wise, so it's in the same, I guess, engine or whatever it was built mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. But it literally ends kind of the same way. And I Weird. thought when I found that out sitting there you know, laying in bed at like one in the morning as I was beating the game, I was like, "Whoa!" My head just blew <laughs> up. In the, it was in a good way or in a bad way. In a good way because one of the things oh, too, it, it's it, like it, Xenoblade it. Chronicles one and two are really not related, like. Sort of, okay. but not really. But they actually are, and they explain why. And I just got oh, it. Oh, got it, got it. That's actually very cool. Yeah, yeah. So it was like there's like this one event that happens in both games that kind of sets the world off to be different. And then it provided so much more context for Xenoblade Chronicles too. Uh, when I got to that ending, because it was just this weird like half guy talking to you, and you're like, "Who the hell are you? Why do you mm-hmm, have the same mm-hmm. voice as Shulk? Doesn't make any sense." But then it does make sense now that I beat the first same voice game. actor. Oh, well, yeah. What's the voice actor? <laughs> yeah, I'm just a, that was one of them. One of them jokes there. So, so uh, Dragon Quest and yeah, and that feels great because I I played uh, Dragon Quest for seventy hours and Xenoblade for sixty hours. So just crossing those off your list feels really good that you can complete them and officially archive them. <laughs> That's the thing about like big games like that. It, Sometimes it feels stressful when you're actually getting through them, but when you are done with them, you're like, "Wow, I have I've accomplished something here. I've I've done something with my brain here. Experienced this story." Um, so, congratulations on on those two major RPG accomplishments. Thank you. There. I feel I feel pretty good, and and to get the Xenoblade Chronicles off my list officially feels good because mm-hmm. that's been on my backlog for quite some time. 
Um, I also continue to play Cyberpunk in Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I think last week I was I was flirting with, do I like Cyberpunk more than Yakuza? Um, and guess what? After more another week of playing, Yakuza is so much further ahead than Cyberpunk for me. Yeah, it, <laughs> it has in your mind. skyrocketed um, up in terms of how much I like it uh, more than Cyberpunk. And I think it's more of Cyberpunk messing up rather than Yakuza messing up. Or Yakuza sure. taking it. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to play... Uh, was and I, I my plan was this morning to get up a little early and spend a couple hours a couple of tranquil hours um, playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, because I wanted to get that in at least playing it a little bit before a game of the year discussion. So I downloaded it last night, uh, free on Game Pass Ultimate. So I guess not really free. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, it was all downloaded this morning, and I go into play it, and it says, "Well, actually, there's a hundred and thirty more gigs we have to install." Oh my gosh! Um, and it's uh, been since, yeah, it's been since uh, nine thirty this morning, and I only have forty seven of those gigs uh, downloaded. It's been taking forever. So this oh thing is gosh. like allegedly massive. It's probably like over 150 gigabytes on my computer um, yeah. in total. So I, 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 can't, I can't add any thoughts about that to my game of the year list, but let me just tell you a flight simulator, while probably will be a nice little niche thing for me to play, will not crack my top 10 this year regardless. I So I know that like... Hearing about this flight simulator that came out this year is was sort of my entry entrance to like the whole genre. I didn't know because I mean, like I know, like I've played like train simulator or like <laughs> truck simulator. Like, but, like when I first got a computer, I was like, "What's this about?" You know. Um, but like, I didn't understand, and and I know that this might sound like might make me sound foolish. I didn't understand that like the time it takes to fly the plane is the real time it takes to fly the plane. Yeah. Yep. So I was like interested because I, I, I heard that it's coming to Series X, wasn't it? At some point. Uh, yeah, I, I believe they're going to release that sometime early next year. Um, yeah. But good luck I was with kinda, the memory on it. Well, right. I was kind of stoked, though, because I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to go uh, explore Australia a little bit more and, and really go and see those neighborhoods and, and fly over those places that yeah, I miss really bad. And then uh, I heard that, like, well, to get there, <laughs> like, good luck. It's going to be a 22 hour flight. Well, but, um, you can you can start you can at start any there. place, yeah. and you can just start in the air, and you can make it as simulation-y or not simulation-y as, as you want. Like, that's kind of up to you. But I think yeah, it yeah, is yeah. much more of a, a niche thing rather than it being a full-out game that I would love to play every day. It's more like a model train. You know yeah, what I mean? We're yeah. like, my grandpa would probably really like it, but I don't know if, like, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool, but then sort of, sort of move on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So let me talk about the games I'm playing. Uh, so my PS5 came in the mail Boo. on Christmas Eve. Um, I don't know what that sound as was. You might Im- I, as, I liked it. But as you might imagine, on Christmas Eve, you know, I just had a lot of time to play games, just a lot of time to myself, didn't have to see family or anything like that. Uh, no, so I, I had about an hour on Christmas Eve <laughs> to set it up. And then I uh, played a little bit on Christmas and then a little bit yesterday and, and uh, I have not touched it today. I've been working all day. But... It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. I've been playing uh, Astro's Playroom. I got the platinum trophy on that. I when I first booted it up, I was like, "Let's see what this controller can do." And then by the time I was done with it, I was like, "It's a good game. <laughs> I love this game. It's actually really good." And I know, I know, I was talking a lot of shade earlier in the year about it, um, just saying like, "No one like who's buying the PS5 and like super excited to boot it up and play Astro's Playroom." But actually, first of all, it's very good. Second of all, it made me nostalgic for like PlayStation stuff that I didn't even. 
I don't have nostalgia for. Like I had a PS2 to play Star Wars Battlefront 2. Hmm. Um, I had a PlayStation 3 at some point, but like like that was not what we like. We were Xbox kids and Nintendo kids, but like looking at all that stuff, it really made me appreciate. Like wow, I'm not even like this isn't even my thing. And I am sitting here being like appreciating it and feeling nostalgia for it and seeing all the references and stuff was cool and fun. And also it's just like a very tightly controlling platformer game that also shows off the uh, the controller quite well. Yeah, I think I think the cool thing about um, Astro's Playroom is that it shows you that PlayStation can like get you through this nostalgic memory trip without it being yeah. like, campy because I think like PlayStation Battle Royale All-Stars. Uh, I think yeah. that game specifically, they like try to force that nostalgia a little bit too much with characters that weren't really PlayStation characters and like mm-hmm. just kind of throwing it in there. This is what we got. But like there's so many little references with those little funny like Astrobot people like dressed up as other characters that you wouldn't even like think yeah, of or like, yeah. realize. And um, it is like such a, a, a nice compact game and it didn't overstay its welcome at all. And it was a pretty fun platinum in my opinion. Well, and that's the whole thing too. Like the only trophies I had to look up were the secret ones that were like you know do this th- really specific thing and at that point i had already gotten all the all the uh, the puzzle pieces and the artifacts and stuff so how um, did you use the in-game um strategy guide i guess what like the playstation like they have like the uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to describe this they have like the way to like the walkthroughs the trophy walkthroughs like in the actual system or did you go on the internet oh do they really yeah so no, I didn't do oh, that. Oh, okay. It's like one of the, um, the new features of the PS5. So got it, got it, got it. And I don't know. Every game does this on on a level that's this good. But like, mm-hmm. if it shows you like this is how you get this trophy, this is how you can do it. You can pull up the video next to you, like picture. Oh picture. yeah, I remember that being yeah. And, 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 about. and I I used it and it was pretty pretty effective. I used that on uh this game and then Bug Snacks as well for a couple of the mm-hmm. of the harder ones for me to get. But it was kind of nice just to do in the system. So sure. Sure. Speaking of which, Elaine and I started Bug Snacks. Uh, <laughs> she has been so excited for this game, and it's actually it's it's fun. It's cute. Uh, I'm excited to get deeper into it. And I, I also started Spider Man Miles Morales, also a good game. Um, it's funny. I didn't know it was Christmas themed. So when I was playing it on Christmas Eve, and they're like having this story beat about Christmas Eve, I was like, whoa! Like this is a Christmas Eve event. Like I thought it was an update. Like yeah. they, they just had this one scene. And I was like, "That's so niche." Like, who's playing this on Christmas Eve other than me? Because it's one a.m. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then my brother was like, "Yeah, it's like the whole game centered around that." I'm like, that makes sense. I thought there was like a lot of bonus content yeah. for this one specific thing, but um, it's cool. And then I'm also still playing through Yakuza, Assassin's Creed, and Cyberpunk. There's so many games. Th- There's so many end. games, Justin. Those will never. No, I, I'm trying to wrap up Assassin's Creed so I can devote my t- uh, time elsewhere good i'm luck. also trying to r- wrap up cyberpunk but same thing good um, luck because even like with assassin's creed like you'll think it's done but there's really like the actual ending that you have to play for another like 20 hours for to understand like what the hell's going on with the animus yeah i don't care about that um <laughs> i <laughs> i stopped caring about that after desmond miles was killed um spoilers for assassin's creed 3 but or maybe it was revelations it's not important, but what I am saying is, and this is not, uh, hopefully this is not spoilers for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but there gets to be a mission where they're like, are you sure you want to go and do this? Cause you might want as many alliances as you can possibly get. And there's still like two more. Um, so I'm assuming that that is sort of 
some of the final the payoff point. there. Yeah. Yeah. So I am I'm gonna go and complete all those other alliances because first of all they're interesting enough, and second of all, um, it is a task that I feel requires a lot of help. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it. At, I'll sort of leave it at that. Um, but do you want to talk about our, our, our games of the year? I, I, you know, I feel bad sort of breezing through all this, but I'm just excited to get into it and talk to you about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think uh, some of the games that we've been playing probably might squeak onto some of our lists too. And I feel like this week has just been me like dabbling in a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just if we're going to dabble, let's out. dabble in our top 10 list. Let's do it. I agree. I agree. So here's how we'll do it. Let's, let's go sort of back and forth. Yeah. 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 Well, St- yeah. Starting at number 10, working our way up to number one. Uh, or as we like to call it here on Hitbox, the Last of Us slot. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> spoilers for our game of the top ten list. And we'll have, uh, we each yeah. have our own individual top ten lists, and then we are going to kind of like assign points to each of these, and then come up with the Hitbox top ten list of what you know. Yes. This is the definitive Hitbox list. So your tenth place game gets. Uh, one point and your first place game gets 10 points so we'll... and there could be as there could be as many as 20 like like this could be our top 20 list assuming we have no cross well, no, no no it'll be top 19 because of the last of us last is of us. definitely right there's no way that's not yeah there's okay. no and way i, I, I unless, think there'll be a little bit of unless you're lying to me. Actually, I hate it. I've been trolling you this whole time. Uh, Abby <laughs> you sucks. Asshole. Abby sucks. Uh, why? Why didn't? Why did Joel tell them their name? He should have known better. Mm. Ellie freaking knew in the last one not to tell her name. It's almost like he's a different man who's grown and matured and found love in his life. Almost. I, I just hear the Cheeto dust falling. Off why didn't? Why didn't he? Ki- why didn't Ellie kill her? That. My favorite. My favorite. I made a YouTube channel that just was all the different ways Abby can die. In the game, I just record all the footage of her being killed by clickers and like dogs and things. And can you imagine how long that would take? Like th- every... those videos are there, dude. Oh my god! And they're like, it's stupid. I'm obviously being facetious. Let's talk about our games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's 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 number ten on your list? My number ten game of 2020. It's a game that I got bit with hard. And it's the only game I had to delete off of my phone this year. Ah, and that is Genshin Impact. <laughs> Genshin Impact making a making its its entrance back on the show. Welcome back, Genshin Impact. Thanks for coming back. It's been, I've thought about you. I've thought about you actually a lot. I've not dipped back in, but go on. Tell me about Genshin Impact. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I've done the dailies because it just became to a point when I just log in for a daily thing. I wouldn't even like. I'm yeah. literally in front of the. Um, uh, Adventurers Guild woman, and that's all I do every day. Is I just like check yeah, in with yeah, her, yeah. get press the buttons, things that are lit up, and then go from there. But I really did like enjoy this game a ton, and I and it might have just been a time and a place game, but I loved being able to play it on my phone, on my PlayStation, on my computer, just kind of wherever I was. And I played it mostly on my phone, and I just like those games that are you can take with you and are portable with you. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I think the, the next step for this game in me, the next moment of our relationship is going to be when it comes to, uh, the Nintendo switch, uh, yep. because it, you know, that'll just be a nice game to kind of check in with, run around, do my things. Like when it's like, I don't really want to start something else or I don't want to get too involved mm-hmm. with something. It's just kind of like, you know, a little popcorn game to play. Uh, but I think the, the mixture of the single player experience <laughs> with that games as service kind of, uh, little carrot at the end of it really just kept me playing and and 
I put zero dollars into this, and I don't yep. feel like my gameplay experience was lessened or cheapened by that. And mm-hmm. if I wanted to put money into it, I mean, I guess I could get a little bit more out of it. I could get better characters, maybe, or whatever. But I didn't feel like I was like forced to do it, and it was just about like managing the free stuff I got well enough um, to be able to play it. And I, I super enjoyed a lot of this game this year. Can I just say, I think I... I think I was unkind to um, to Genshin Impact when we talked about it on on the actual show. And I think looking back on it, I liked it more than I was giving it credit for. Uh, and I'm glad that it's on your list because it's not, not on yours. I think it, well, I, not that I think it's you know one of my top tens, but like I, I think that it definitely is a better game than I was giving it credit for. Yeah, and and to be to be clear, this is not like one of the top 10 most polished best games ever, but to no, me no, it's not how on this list, yeah. it was just something that really when I'm looking back at 2020 games that were things I talked about, that I experienced, that I played, Genshin Impact was one that I could not get through this year without mentioning as it being a good one. There you go. Can I tell you my number 10? Please. My number 10 is Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Uh, now, Fall Guys uh, is a game that I had a lot of fun with when it first came out. And it came out, I think, at a perfect time. Uh, it was like May. So everyone was sort of, you know, we were, we were in like month two of quarantine thinking like, wow, this is going to start wrapping up soon, huh? Um, <laughs> cut to December. But no, but, it, you know, it came out in May. And I remember thinking like, this is the perfect game for right now. First of all, it is, it's cute, it's fun, it's lighthearted, and it is a sense of like, it's not community, obviously, because there's no like voice chat or anything like that, but it came at a time when we were looking for something. Sports obviously had been canceled at that point, I think. I'm not a sports guy, so this didn't really have a whole huge effect on me, but I think people were looking <laughs> for something to get sort of invested into in a competitive way, and I think that Fall Guys sort of did that for that i also think it it really benefited of being free on playstation plus uh for a lot of people myself included because i don't think i probably would have bought it had it not been on there you know but i i think it is a lot of fun and i think it loses its replay value as you play it more and more especially like before the like second season third season whatever were coming out because at a certain point you just know all the levels and it gets to be a little bit more irritating than fun with the struggles of the actual gameplay. But um, I think it's a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun with it at the time. And I think I probably played about 20, 30 hours of it with between Elena and I, because it was also a game that was accessible to her because it's, you know, there's three buttons, move, jump, and grab. But um, it's a good game. I, I will say I was disappointed by season two and I have not dipped into season three, but I, I think it might be sort of past its, past its opportunity. Do you it's feel like knowing what you know about the game now, Mm-hmm. Would you have bought in it or bought it, bought in it? Would you have purchased it? it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely would have. Because that, that's the problem for me sometimes looking at the price tag and being like, yeah, okay, everyone's talking about this. I probably would have, if it if it were that price, I probably would have waited until that moment had sort of passed. Be like, oh, I'll wait for it to be on sale when it's $5. Get it for $5. And be like, okay, yeah, this is fun. But like, there's not a lot of people playing this anymore. But yeah, it's good. It's yeah, because if if you go back to playing it now, is it probably like all the people who are just like obsessed with it and like super good at it? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, like I said, we we I 
dipped out after you know a month or two and then came back for season two and not enough had changed for me to really want to play more uh season three looks like fun as well but same thing like i, I don't know how much content they're actually really adding and how much they're just like two new levels you yeah know? I, I you know i this game could be something that is really like interesting if they go like a mario party like route with it oh that'd be great that, that would you be it's a- weird Go ahead. When it came out, like a lot of people were saying, could this be the thing that kills Fortnite? Because it beat Fortnite on like on Twitch viewers and stuff. And I think had they really changed, like I think initially it had so much momentum, and then I think if they changed it up in that way and added, you know, like a Mario Party type thing or whatever to it, I think that could have been a really strong contender and being a game that is still super relevant and still talked about a lot. But I just don't think it is. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What oh, were you saying? Oh no, I mean, I, I to me like this game is like a 2020 game. I think like this yes. is like one of the conversations conversation games of 2020 uh for better for worse and i think for fall guys it was mostly for the better with how Mm -hmm. this game is talked about and people experienced it so i think it deserves a spot on this list but it is not on my list because i did not enjoy playing it (laughs) i was gonna say i was like well if it's not number 10 then it's not on your list no it's not (laughs) yeah let me let me just say it didn't even probably make my top 20 um, and yeah. there are some pretty bad games that would have made my top 20 over this one and bad, bad being yeah. a, a term of, of other people would think they're bad, but it, well, it just was thing, not, a... I don't, I don't think I wouldn't say fall guys is like a game. Everyone should play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just think it was a fun experience. Uh, and I think it, it is a perfect, like right place, right time game. And, and I think that that was exactly what was sort of needed at that time, but I, I don't think it. Like if it came out last year or next year, depending on what next year looks like, uh, <laughs> fingers crossed, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if it would have the same effect. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And and um, I, I think a lot of the games on my list are kind of time and place games just because of this mm-hmm. was such a unique year for video games and quarantining and everything. Um, yeah. And there's a couple other ones that are really going to highlight that on my list. Awesome. Let's let's hear your number nine. Xenoblade Chronicles Remastered. Okay, and there it is. That was that was it. And this is this is one of the ones that some of you uh, might controversially say <laughs> it's not a new game, it's a remaster. Uh, but I am going to um, counter that by telling you there's a whole bunch of new content in it as well. They have that like second story that once you beat mm-hmm. the actual game, you get to play, and it kind of takes place after the events of the original story. And there's like new content to it in itself, but. I think what makes this game great, other than the fact that they actually make their mouths move like normal human beings in the animation with the remaster of the graphics. Oh, did they redub it for English? No, I don't know if they redubbed it, but like the other one, their faces were just like barely moving. Like they had like that, da 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 da. They look like, the, uh, yeah, like yeah. puppets when they talked and like no facial expressions at all. Um, this one, you actually like saw them like animated a little bit better. Um, but they also like improved the actual like quest system. Uh, they showed where uh, items that you needed were, and it just made it more fun to play. And I would say the pitfall of this game is that there are a lot of like boring grinding stretches you have to go through in order to beat mm-hmm. it. And by having the quest system so much better, it was just a lot easier to like play through and get to the end um, of the game. And I think the story is so epic and so interesting and the kind of plot twists that, that it goes through really keep you engaged. Like there's like maybe three or four times throughout the game when, when the real enemy is reversed on you. Uh, sure. And it just, it, it's such a good story and I love this series and I love the gameplay. And I feel like this game, uh, even more so than Xenoblade Chronicles 2 or the other ones in the series, uh, I'm still only getting at the, scratching at the surface of, of the gameplay for this Um uh, 
it's great. It's fun. I, I highly recommend it, and I did put 60-plus hours into it this year, so it's kind of hard for me to argue that I did not enjoy it because I would not have done it if I didn't like it. So, good game. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it was what it was for you. I will say this. It's on my list. I'm just kidding. It's oh, my God. I was uh, like, when did you fit that into your schedule? No, 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 no. Um, but I knew that for a moment I would make you very happy. <laughs> I did. I was, I was like, oh, no. But here, here's the thing, though. Um, even you know remasters, reissues, they they can count. It's our fucking podcast. <laughs> like, oh no, I don't they, care. They can <laughs> like, count, but like, I don't feel like all remasters are treated the same. Like, for right, example, right, right. the Super Mario All Stars bundle. It's really hard for me to look at those games and tell me that those are like new games to games. like add to 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 the the equation because they're literally just kind of ports from one thing yeah. to another. And even though they came out this year. I, I don't think enough was done. But like a game like Xenoblade Chronicles, when they completely redo it, redo it, um I, I think I think it's worth it. But again, it is our list. We can say we can say what, what we, we do want. Do whatever we want. And to me, care. this is a game I put a lot of time in this year and it deserves a spot. Can I tell you about my next game? Yes, you may. My next game is Man Eater. Uh do you know this game? Do you know Man Eater? It's it's when you're a big old shark. You play as a bull shark getting revenge. It's a revenge story. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of actually very deep because like a lot of people sort of said when it came out that the, that the story was just about revenge saying revenge is bad. But like, I kind of found that to be like reductive because it's not just saying that revenge is bad. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a lot, it's about the inability to let things go, uh, obsession, uh, I, uh, how, how violence begets violence, how being a bull shark is very cool. I'm having a moment um, of deja vu. What's that? I'm like having a moment of deja vu as you're going through and explaining this. And why is that? Sorry? It just seems like we've had this discussion before. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. There's definitely some issues with it, like for sure. Um, But I thought performances by, you know, Ashley Johnson, Laura Bailey, uh, (laughs) Troy Baker were all really good. When that shark Um, picks up that guitar, oh man, that was a moment. Top moment of 2020. It's wild because it's like just shredding on this guitar, um, but it doesn't even have hands. It's just fins, you know. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's it's basically Shark Tale, the video game. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you uh, have you, have you played it? Did you play Man Eater? I have not. So you play as like a bull shark that it like it is a revenge story uh, where you, your your mother is killed and they rip you out of your mother's womb and they throw you into the ocean and you hmm. are going to go kill the people who killed your mom. And it's actually kind of cool. Uh, and, and it's like, it's basically like a shark week documentary, but you are the star of it. And it's narrated by uh, some guy who's on like Rick and Morty. I don't, I don't watch Rick and Morty, so I don't know anything about that, but I thought he was funny. I thought his performance was really good. I think his name is like Peter or something. I might be making that up. I believe you. Uh, but it, I, think, I think he's the, the dad, in Rick and Morty, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but again, I don't know anything about that. It's Chris Parnell. Yes, I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. <laughs> not even a little bit close. But um, it's it, it, it's not a great game. Like it doesn't look very good. It crashed on me multiple times. Uh, the the combat is kind of samey after a while. But here's the thing: the narration is really funny. It's really interesting. Um, the whole get, sort of game in general is just really satisfying. And it, like like you know. I think the, a caveat to a lot of these games are, is this the best game? Is this the best made game that I played this year? No, but it's the one I got, got a lot of enjoyment out of. And uh, for that reason, 
Maneater is uh, on my top 10 list. Additionally, sharks are like one of the most, like, I don't know why they're not in more video games. Like the only other shark representation I can think of is like, well, they were in three out of 10. If you remember that game, I, that was, the, the that game was they were making was one. a shark game. Yeah. But then also they may, there, there's like sharks in like the Far Cry games, but you just kill them and it's like, fine. So that's the end of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, I mean, more there's games. also sharks in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, okay. I, I cannot confidently tell you if they're in, or I may have think of alligators. Maybe there's I definitely alligators in Origins, or crocodiles because they're in the Nile. Or is that in Egypt? Yeah. You're you're asking the right questions. <laughs> okay, but what I'm saying is there should be more shark games, and um, Man Eater is an excellent addition to the shark PG genre. That's the new genre. <laughs> that's that's 2020 in a nutshell. Shark PG. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What's your next game? My next game uh, is uh, one that I feel like has been uh, overlooked by many people, um, okay. forgotten by most people. And in fact, if you ask most people uh, when this game came out, they would not have told you this year. And that is Dreams. I really highly thought that game was interesting. I thought that game was unique. And I think that game uh, is something that... Uh, could I'm going to put the asterisks on it? Could be something extremely special. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, personally, like it was something that I keep coming back to and going to and looking at. You know, not every week, not every day, once a month, yeah. kind of pop it in, check it on, play stuff, uh, and just how easy that is to do uh, is really kind of cool. Uh, what about you? I mean, not not if it's on your list or not, but like, is it a game you've been thinking about? You know what's weird? I was think I was thinking about it today and earlier this week. I like because I think it did get sort of the short end of the stick in terms of when it came out and and everything. Because I think it came out right next to like Final Fantasy VII remake and also the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, don't quote me on that though. It was at the beginning of the year, wasn't it? It was during uh, uh, Valentine's Day. Okay, so yeah, so right, right around. What a when dream all that, that was. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's like I was thinking back and I I was actually listening to another podcast that mentioned dreams and they were saying about all the really, really cool stuff that they experienced in there. And I want to go back and dip in because I I think when we talked about it on our episode, I don't know if I played it long enough to really find a lot of great stuff because there were some there's definitely some things that I remember, but maybe I remember them for the wrong reasons of being like, yeah, that was busted, dude. There's a game where you play Garfield, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or like stuff like that, which is... um, you know, not not maybe what you want to be remembered for, but it is um, it is something that I have considered dipping back into just because, you know, as more time passes, I assume more people are making it. But I also don't know what the player base looks like on it. I, w- w- player base or not, like how big it is, it's the community that is engaged in it is extremely engaged in it. And I think Media Molecule has done a really good job about doing these uh, jams uh, and they have awards that they give out for this stuff. Like even if you like log in during a certain event, you get like specific little sprite characters that you can use. Uh, mm-hmm. Imps, I believe they, that's what they, they called. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the when I first was playing it, I was expecting this to be the game that never ended because there'd be so many different things that came out of it. Like you could mm-hmm. play creations until, you know, the end of time and like get something out of them. But it's really not a game about gameplay. No. It's a game it's about not. and this is gonna oh god, I hate myself for saying this. It's a game about experiences. 
and uh yeah you're you, when you're playing these games you're not looking for is this going to be the best um third person uh platforming game of all time well no that's not why you're playing it you're playing it to kind of see what other people have done with these tools what you can do with these tools maybe inspire yourself to try something play around with something um and i i think the the one thing that makes this game what what holds this game back for me is the fact that you could put a lot of time into mastering this tool set and what does it get you because you're not going to learn how to actually program on sure. this yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, like to to master dreams would be like the amount of time you need to master Adobe products and things like that. Yeah. Like it's not an easy feat to do. Um, but the people who do put that time in that ha- have created this interesting stuff, it's just great to kind of see all this and go through it. Um, and uh, you know, some of my favorite experiences were something were things that you didn't even play. They were just things mm-hmm. that you kind of like pressed A and watched it happen. Um, I, I think it, it. I think maybe we talked about this actually on the episode, but it reminds me a lot of like addictinggames.com yeah. or like other flash game sites where it's kind of like you're not going to find a game that you're going to play for hours and hours and hours and like have a really deep and meaningful story. I mean, you might. There are a handful of things in there, you know, like, I mean, I think about Arch Dream every so often. We're talking about how it's. Uh, it was like the Pixar movie Soul that just came it's out. It's so but weird like, how similar. <laughs> I, like I was watching it, the movie and I was like, oh my gosh, they ripped freaking Media Molecule off. Anyway, uh, it's not that similar. Similar enough. But um, it, it is like, it is the kind of thing where the exactly what you said, those little experiences, those little like, oh yeah, that is kind of fun and interesting. I, I think we talked about this in the episode again as well. But like I really appreciated the one button jam games that they did where it's just, Games are one button, and you got to figure out how to make the game with one button. So, uh, I, I see why it is on your top ten list. It is not on mine, Aww. unfortunately. Yes, so sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll forgive you. Thanks, because my next one um, is a game called Doom Eternal. Now I know that <laughs> I think last yeah last week you had said that it made you feel really like embarrassed. <laughs> um, but it's it's actually a much deeper game than I think a lot of people get it, give it credit for. You know, a lot of people sort of finish the game. And just said like the message is about revenge is bad, and I, I find that to be a little bit reductive because <laughs> oh, to no. me it's like <laughs> He's broken. violence begets violence. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm just kidding, um, but no. So Doom Eternal is great. Um, it, it, it's not for you. I'm sorry, but uh, then don't play the first one as either because it's just more of that. And, and I think like I wrote this somewhere that. Like, I think sequels are done a disservice when you say, like, oh, it's just more of that other thing. But I think Doom Eternal sort of benefits from that because the first Doom is great. So that means that this Doom is also great. And I think it turns just about everything up that Doom, that the original Doom did. Um, the only problems I really had with it were, like, they gave you a little bit too much stuff. You got so many, you have so many different weapons in your arsenal that it does mean that, you know, that whole play your way kind of thing does work. But. Um, at the end of the day, I, I really don't think you can beat using a shotgun that has a grappling hook on it. I think, uh, like, when I'm looking at this game, like, there is so much that you have to do with it, like, in mm-hmm. order to complete it. Because you said you, it, it's it's almost not so much, like, play it your way 
it's more like you got to use all these tools and cycle through as many of these tools as you can to like fight a lot of the enemies. At least in my experience with the first like, yeah. like two hours of the game, like you couldn't just sit with one gun and use it. You had to constantly switch between them uh, to exploit weaknesses or to make sure that you have enough ammo or fuel, gas, or whatever. It, yeah, so I feel like yeah. I was using, like, usually in these shooters, like, you know, Halo, I'll, I'll stick with, like, my favorite gun and just keep that every time I find I'm like, yes, thank you, and then just use that. But, like, this one, it felt like there was so much that I constantly had to be, like, in, it's gonna sound bad, like, not that I don't engage in games. I always had to be on the top of my game when I was playing. Yeah. Um, well, the thing that I think is interesting about that is that, like, it almost feels like a much more fast-paced, super violent puzzle game. Because mm-hmm. now, hold on. Because no. um, so, so like each gun has its own purpose for each enemy, you know. And so there are some weapons that you look at, like the Manticores or Manticraws or whatever. They have like these big hands that are guns, and and they shoot and whatever. And so because the game gives each uh, demon an exploitable weakness, it means okay, I don't want to use this gun on the Manticore because their weakness to make the two first of all damage them a lot and also cripple them so they can't use their strong attacks as much um blow their arms off so it's okay i'm not going to use the um the base shotgun i'm going to use the charge shot from the um i'm forgetting all the names of these guns you're but, doing a great you know job I'm, I'm buying it thank you thank you um so so that that's what it was sort of to me it, it's less that like you know, I don't get to use my favorite guns as much, but it is more like, okay, some guns aren't going to be effective, so you have to cycle through and figure out what those weaknesses are and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just also, like, I think really good fast-paced action. I like I, just, I think the puzzle shooter, like, it's maybe not the most accurate, but I totally, like, think that that's a good way of describing how the combat mm-hmm. works. Um, and, uh, I mean, ultimately... This is like, okay, so like when I'm playing games, like if I'm playing Smash Brothers at night, I'm playing it like I can be playing it lying down. And then all of a sudden I get to like a battle or I'm playing against someone who's like really good and I go from lying down to having to sit up. like sitting. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) this is like a sit up game constantly (laughs) for me. And I think it's not so much the the game or the tone or anything, but like just like when I like to play games, I kind of like to take them at my own pace. And I feel like this one Mm -hmm. is like one that I had to be like on to play. Can I make the wildest metaphor? Sure. Not metaphor. Uh, comparison. Sure. I think it's kind of like Pokemon, where like you can brute force your way through these encounters and say, okay, I'm only going to use the super shotgun. I'm only going to use my starter Pokemon. Um, but that's not the most effective way. And if you play like that, you're probably going to not have a great time with it because you're going to meet a lot of resistance because you're not actually like engaging with those different mechanics does that make sense yeah yeah i i I can beat pokemon yellow with a scyther and wing attack pretty much solely right right but you're you might not have a great time when it's time for what is that uh, the rock gym because it's what he's a a scyther oh he's i'm thinking of steel wait what what does scyther evolve into caesar well not in pokemon yellow you're kind of that's true yeah so so what is either grass flying Oh, but that, so yeah, you would so not have a have good a, time at the rock gym, <laughs> or or the fire gym, or um, or most yeah, gyms so, because really, a bug type Pokemon are, are very not great. No, not, not really. very good bug type. So, uh, yeah, Doom Eternal. What's your next one? My next one is a game I have never mentioned before in this podcast, but I played it this week, and boy, is it a good one! And it's called Paradise Killer. Have you heard oh, of the game Paradise Killer? I've 
I've heard of Paradise Killer, and I am really excited to play it in the new year. That's one of my games to get to. Okay, so the for the audience out there, uh, Paradise Killer, uh, I guess the way to describe it, it's almost like Return of the Oberdin in a way. The It's a first-person mm-hmm. kind of find-your-clues exploratory game, except the difference is it's way more... Uh, emphasis on exploring and the the were the map is pretty large and you this is where this is where it really gets complicated this story is bat chain bat shit insane like in terms of like where what the world you're in because it's not just like you're living on a paradise island you are living in this weird alternate reality type of world in which mm-hmm. there are these godlike creatures who have created these islands to try to find the perfect paradise and they basically kidnap humans and they put them on this island and then they they see if it works or not and every single time they get to these islands something happens and demons invade it and they have to kill everyone on the island and start again okay steal more people Try to make paradise, demons invade, start over again. So you're basically this game takes place on at the end of cycle twenty four of this of this island uh, renovation for paradise, and uh, the gods, the council of gods, uh, mysteriously gets murdered. Mm. And at this point, most of the people have left Island 24 to go on Island 25, which people have said Island 25 is the perfect island. This will be the last island. They have solved the problem. And you are this investigator that has basically been outlawed um, or exiled from paradise, and you are brought back in order to find out who committed this crime. And I mean, like this, like everything that you've said, and I've heard very similar things about this. Like as soon as you're like, Oh, you're a detective and you got to figure out what happened. And it's like actually deep and meaningful gameplay, detective gameplay. I'm like, oh, I'm there. Yeah. And, and the, the, I think the worst thing about this game is when you're starting it off and they're talking about these islands and you're like, the heck are they talking about? And it's yeah. just like this, like really like a lot of like backstory and lore that I'm just kind of like, well, you're really throwing this at me. Right. But then it's almost like you just got to like accept that this is the world and the reality. This is what happens. There are some humans, some gods that you're talking to. Um, and then once you like get over the initial like lore background and the fact that this is nothing like the real world, then you start to really start to like hate and root for certain characters and like in this this canon, like start to be like, all right, you're totally guilty of this, and you start to really get on top of people for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's basically, I think, eight suspects or eight people, NPCs in the world that you get to interview. And they're all scattered around this map in like far off locations. Mm-hmm. And it starts off, you're just walking around this world and you can jump and you're looking for things. But then you can start to upgrade your movement throughout the game. So you can get a double jump. Okay. You can get a dash. You can eventually get a thing that highlights the collectibles in the world. And the world is filled with things to collect. Uh, there's these blood crystals that you can use to fast travel. It's a limited resource, so you have to use a limited resource to fast travel. Or you use these blood crystals to unlock more uh, upgrades, uh, to uh, unlock save points, to buy sodas, which are another collectible that you need in order to beat the game. It's weird. Um, yeah. But the actual like story and the mystery 
is so cool because you can essentially, from the moment you start the game, you can go to the final trial and end it without I, having any I've heard any that the clues. ending really changes depending on like what you find and what you discover and whatever. <laughs> Does it change? They keep telling you in, in the game, because there is like a right answer, more or less, yeah, to it. Yeah. But they keep saying that you have to find your own truth. So if you find the clues and you find the ways to say that I don't like this person, I want this person to be guilty, or this is the real person that uh, is is at fault here, even though there's no evidence for this person, this person was just was controlling everything. These people were innocent; they were just made to do bad things uh, because they were forced to by this one person. You can make that one person be the person who's guilty and choose for that person to be guilty. Even though the clues that's actually don't very that. interesting. Yeah, that's v- actually extremely interesting. Wow. And um, the the way the actual like clues are laid out is you have these like uh, questions that you put in your computer journal, and you can answer the questions, and you can kind of see like these are the tasks I have to find out. Like, where's the murder weapon? Um, where was this person? Uh, where's their alibi? Can I check this alibi? And then you basically have to like find in the world places to do that. And some of the stuff you find out by interviewing people, some of the stuff you find by like getting into hard to reach locations, uh, other stuff you just kind of like as the story progresses, you just start to understand it more. And as all the webs of people come together, uh, you start to understand like what the actual truth is. And the whole music, the whole game is filled with this like 80s aesthetic, this like really like kind of like uh, synth almost kind of like backdrop you feel like you're in the middle of the 80s as you're playing it which is cool. weird because it doesn't make sense with this weird fantasy background and gods and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh but all the characters are super interesting um your your you actually know all the characters because you've been exiled so it's like you're coming back and meeting your friends that you haven't seen for three million years and like yeah. a bunch there's a bunch of gaps in like how they've changed where they came from your relationship and how it's changed and the game itself is probably like 15 hours uh to mm-hmm beat with all the clues and stuff and uh i there's no replay value probably at all really and i mean you can choose to do the final trial over again if you want um oh that's that's nice but uh the the actual game itself like once you know the answers and once you have the clues then it's just kind of like i don't know i go back into this but i super enjoyed it a lot and it just for for like two days straight i was like just hooked on the story and going through the exploration and knowing this world and finding these characters and like trying to find out who actually did it it was great do you where where did you play this uh switch see that's the right answer oh my god absolutely (laughs) i saw this tweet and i think i tweeted it from the hitbox account where it's like (laughs) regular games and it's like people just like clapping when they come to switch and they're like ah (laughs) that's that's exactly where i would want to play that um cool i i've i had heard about it uh from somewhere else and hearing it from you has cemented in that that is one of the games that sadly i miss this year but um, we'll be dipping into in the new. Yeah, very, era. very unique, very interesting. Highly recommend. And uh, for a game I played only a couple days ago to crack my top ten list, uh, I think that tells you t- tells me something about how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, my next game, if I may, is The Pathless. Now I talked about it briefly on the show. It is a game where you um, starring Laura Bailey and Troy Baker. Uh, actually this time where you are this woman who is trying to 
like free the gods from a curse and she goes to this island that's where like the spirit realm and like the realm of humans intersect and you are um running around and you, your sprint meter is constantly depleting and so to regain so to get a boost of speed and refill your meter you are shooting these talismans with your bow and arrow but instead of having to aim at all you are just doing um it's about timing you, you auto aim to, to whatever whichever talisman's closest um and it feels really good to, to just be whipping around through the trees and stuff um I've, I've actually kept it downloaded on my PS4 so that now that when I go to the PS5, I'm really excited to see how it actually works with the adaptive triggers. I hope, you know, it's one of the PS5 launch titles, so I hope that they do something cool with it. I've not dipped into it yet, but, you know, I'll do that for a few hours, just mess around with it, play around with it. But it's a good game. It's more about, like, it's more about tone and about atmosphere than it is about telling, like, a really complicated and deep narrative. I mean, it's, that stuff is there definitely because you find these like the souls of people who have been killed in these like horrible giant wars for the gods and stuff. Um, and, and there's lore bits and stuff there, but it is, um, it's really, it's remarkable. It's, it's very, very good. Um, and the more that I've thought about it, the more I've liked it. Yeah. I think like even just saying like movement is like one of the, the, the major like positives of this game i think for any game to say that that just is like you will every game just about every game has a character who needs to get from one place to to another and most games it's not interesting or fun i mean there's a great video by rasputin on youtube talking about like why he doesn't like fast travel because it sort of ruins the idea that like getting around is fun and having interesting things be fun um and and they giant squid games i think is the name of the developer uh published by anna per anna Perna, interactive Perna. um <laughs> anna they did like edith finch and yeah um yeah they uh outer wilds they made it so fun to just move around and to the point where like you figure out okay i've got to go here and then you get there and you're kind of like ah, i kind of want to zip around some more it's a good game it's a very very good game yeah, it's on my it's on my list of things to 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 pick up eventually. Is it on the Switch? No, it is on the phone though. If that's your thing, but so I don't, it I don't will think be you'd have the same experience. Hopefully, it'd be on Switch if it'd be on the phone. But this just seems like a perfect like like every game on my list would be so much better served on a Switch for me. But like just kind of like playing it and like going around with it, like I like that idea. Yeah, here's the thing: it really depends on if the tri- like the PS5 adaptive triggers change anything about it because. When I played it, I felt like there was something a little bit missing with like just with using regular triggers. So I'll, I'll get back to you on that and let you know if, if it eventually does come to switch, if that is a good place to play it, because I think that um, that kind of makes a big difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's next? What you got? My next game mm-hmm. is a game that you asked me a year ago. Would this be anywhere near my top 10? Nay, would I even have played this game? And my number six game is Yakuza, like a dragon. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> and I I love this game for so many reasons. Um, it's the kind of, uh, the RPG, I think, is the best way f- for you to sell it to me, the fact that it is kind of like an RPG. Uh, it's mm. an RPG in the vein of, like, the, the Persona and specifically Dragon Quest type of style that I really do like. Um, and, like... 
the gameplay itself is great, but the story is just so engaging. I've probably put 26 hours into this game at this point. Wow, okay. Um, and the the kind of twists and turns the story takes uh, is really interesting. The The characters are all very deep and interesting. Uh, and uh, the gameplay opens up to a level that is so much better after the first like 10 hours or so because I, I initially my complaint was that i'm not really playing this game uh but yeah. you do and once you really get into the combat and start thinking about it being strategic about it thinking about what are these subclasses i'm going to be giving my characters uh what are the best subclass uh the sub uh or the jobs is what they're called what is the best job yeah. to give my character based on their stats and stuff and i think uh I'm to the point of the story now where I felt like there was a disconnect between the beginning story with you and your family, the, the Arakawa clan and mm -hmm. uh, the place uh, Ichijo when you're just thrown into this, this place, it's like, well, how are these two stories connected? Well, guess what? Okay. Duh. It they gets are. connected again. Sure. And sure. It's really kind of interesting how they make this, uh, you know, personal story, something that's that not quite world ending, but like, Mm -hmm. big implications that it's a bigger story than just you and you're kind of thrown in the middle of this case constantly uh and i i think the 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 one of the biggest things of praise i can give this game uh is that it really makes me want to play other yakuza games um sure yeah and uh yeah they're not going to have the the kind of gameplay that i'm really digging with this uh but i i think the stories are are the thing that really make me come back uh to to playing this game because i want to know where it goes um yeah it's tropey yeah it's your your mob type of you know you gotta stay with the family support the support your family kind of story but uh it the, the 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 way the way the story is laid out is just interesting it's great um i I know I recommended it to you and you've since played it, but I, I highly recommend people experiencing this game uh, because even if you don't like the story, even if you don't like the combat, there's like a Mario Kart game, like kind of like <laughs> go-kart thing in here. That's yeah, yeah. like the, the guy's literally selling you like, yeah, you could shoot people on the streets. You could drive through and create mayhem on the street <laughs> roads. And you're like, really? And then sure enough, you can just go and play this like street racer Mario Kart game. Um, and it's just wacky. Uh, did I, did I tell you the story about the bubbles? No. So there's a side quest in this game. And I feel like one of the things I could keep doing on this podcast until I beat this game is tell you like the side quest of the week <laughs> with this game. Oh yeah. So this oh, one's yeah. side quest is, um, you're walking through an alley and you, he, this, this guy is like hiding around a corner. He's like, Hey, come here for a second. And you're like, okay. And you go to where this guy is and he is completely just naked covered in bubbles oh. and he was like yeah okay. i was in a soap land and then i got word that my mom is in the hospital and it's not good and i just ran out of the soap land without even realizing it and i'm naked and i can't i gotta get some clothes because i gotta see my mom but they're back at the soap like I, can you help me so you basically have to escort this bubble man to a clothing shop to buy clothes and there are a bunch of like obstacles you have to avoid and a bunch of people like throwing water around. And if he gets hit <laughs> with the water, it's like fail state. So you're basically having this bubble guy and you're trying to like go past like street cleaners and fire hydrants that are going off in order to get him some clothes so he can go see his mom in the hospital. And it's so stupid. And it's, it's, it's like from where the serious tone of this major like like 
Yakuza story is going is, and then you have this stupid guy who's naked with bubbles. It's just, it's just, I love it. It's great. That's really funny. That okay. So let me say, uh, I've not played enough Yakuza to put it on my list, but I think if I mean, like, I think that'll be my one regret for this year is not <laughs> getting that when it came out and putting a lot of time into it. Um, it. It is the kind of game that I can see where it would go on my list, and I think it would be probably around where you've got it right here. Uh, it's it's wonderful, and I'm enjoying my time with it, and I'm engaging with it in a way that I did not expect to. It's a it's a it's a great game. It's a good one. It's a pretty good one. All right, next up for me um, is. It's funny, we've talked about a lot of these games on on this show. Uh, It just shows how much you can talk about in 23 episodes. Uh, (laughs) Carrion is a game we talked about when we did a bunch of indie stuff. Um, You play as the the, the amorphous monster that goes and is trying to break out of the facilities being captured in. Uh, And it is, it's really, really, really good. I'm not really a Metroidvania kind of guy all the time. I think it, I think that genre is fine, but I also think it's not maybe for me. And the Carrion does a great job sort of easing you into it. It is sort of like an anti-horror game where instead of you being afraid of a monster, like trying to hide from, you know, an AI monster that's looking for you, you are the monster. I would also like, I would compare it to like Rampage. Did you play Carrion? I, I'm forgetting. I have it downloaded on my computer because it's on Game Pass. Um, it's yeah. just not one that I've started. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can, you know, get through that in two, three, four hours, um, depending on how quickly you're getting through it. Well, no, but, I got a marathon games like Paradise Killer. Yeah, you're right. You're I got right, to Justin. escort people who are uh, naked in bubbles naked and across in bubbles, the street. Yeah. Like I got, I got things to do. <laughs> but it's good. It's it's like Rampage. You just go and wreck stuff and eat people. Or don't. There are like there are certain enemies that you have to eat, otherwise they're going to attack you. But then there's just like random scientists who, if you don't need the health, you don't have to eat. But they're still freaking out. And so there's like a, a certain amount of joy that comes from like busting into a facility, blowing everyone up, and then one guy being like, "Tell your friends, like you will survive this, but don't you? I don't ever want to see your face again." Um, very similar to a game later in our list, potentially. Um, called the last of us part two now say, is, it's is a, game a game about, about revenge, revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and here's the whole thing about carrion though is that like uh, jokes j- like literally jokes aside it is about you know hate begets hate violence begets violence they're attacking me i'm attacking them but who really is the bad guy here you know is violence bad sure is that the main point of the game I don't know. It feels a little reductive. What's great about Carrion also is, you know, the voice cast with, you know, Ashley Johnson and uh, Laura Bay. Is this the pathless? <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. Uh, it, it, well, I'll say, I'll say this. When I rolled credits on the pathless, I was sitting there like Ash, uh, Laura Bailey, Troy Baker. And I was like, <laughs> to be, to be clear, there's no human words in the pathless. Uh, it's not in English. I don't know what, I don't know if it's in some other language. I don't, recognize or speak but uh correct so it could so, be a I human mean, language could be a human language i i don't know if it is it's like not set on earth it's like a fairy tale like thing so um but i joke there's no voice acting in carrion other than it, th- these sounds ah! so that that's really that's really <laughs> it. there's a lot of scared people in lab suits and uh scared people with guns but it's a good game what's your next game my next game is a game that if it's not on your list I will be shocked. In fact, what you got? I can guarantee this game is on your list. 
Well, you got. I, I, well, I'm, I say this, and I'm immediately stepping back out of nerves. Uh, what is it? What is it? What is it? The game is Animal Crossing. Oh, it's on my list. Oh, thank God. I was going to be like, oh, it's on my list. <laughs> the one thing I'm staking myself on. Uh, it's Animal Crossing. It is my number five game. So now I'm in the top five, and I think, yeah. to be fair, all of these top five games, I think, are fantastic games, with mm-hmm. the exception of Animal Crossing. <laughs> y- yeah. You know what's weird? And, and, and like the thing about Animal Crossing is similar, I think, to Fall Guys is it is it, it was the perfect time, perfect place game. And I think it's hard to I mean, by definition, it's impossible to look at anything objectively. But I think it's hard to think about how you like it in a more objective manner because of when it came out. And I, I'm hopefully not speaking for you, but what it might mean to you in when it came out, because personally for me, like. That was how I talked to Elena. Like that was how he hung out for like two, three months there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like it's just like it's 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 hard to look at that and say like it's a great game or it's a not great game because how do you remove your emotions from that? You know what I mean? I, I but tell me more. About I Animal would Crossing. say objectively, um, it's not a good game. Like in terms of like it, okay, like, it's getting better. It's just hard to throw on the word objectively, but go on. It's getting better. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, it it. They, I think they're making updates to fill out the content. Yeah. A lot of holes and issues that people were having it. But in terms of like, uh, we've talked about how like joke it was that this was named best multiplayer game when how right, exactly archaic and old the multiplayer feels and how hard it is to get on your friends' islands and stuff. Um, and you know they they've done things to fix that. Like the dream is kind of cool to like go into people's islands and explore them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I will like, say that was in. Uh, new leaf was it yeah. again filling <laughs> like, out the features right. though that should have been yes, there yes. at launch because it was there were some there were some issues with with it at launch like that and um i i could sit here and come up with with a huge list of reasons why this is not a good game <laughs> mm-hmm. but you are so right because a game that would probably be a seven out of ten on my uh, maybe even a six out of ten if i were to wow, give really? it a score um mm-hmm. With where it came out, when it came out, and how I played it, uh, it th- this game is easily top of this year. Um, yeah. And uh, I really have not picked it up legitimately since I picked it up a week in Halloween. But like actually being engaged in it uh, would would have been um, end of the summer. Like probably... Yeah, me, me too. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, my girlfriend plays it a lot. She's played it uh, probably 120 hours uh, at least, and I mm-hmm. was shocked to find out that I played it for 90 hours. <laughs> wow, there you go. Like that's just shocking to think about how yeah. much I played it in so little time. Not being like you know someone who thinks this is like a like. It's not that it's not an awesome game. It's just like th- there are issues with it, and uh, it's not a me. Well, it game. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have, like, you know, it, when, when you're looking at, like, game design and whatever, it doesn't have, like, a super solid gameplay loop, you know? Like, like because it's sort of do whatever you want, but also, like, it's very limited in how those interactions are, you know? But I, I wholeheartedly agree where, like, looking at it from, like, is this a great game? Maybe, maybe not. But in terms of, like what it was when it was and all that stuff was it super important this year yes it was oh, absolutely. yes it really was 
And I would, I would, I would say I think I like it from a gameplay perspective more than you. I would still say it's a good game. I think it's probably the best Animal Crossing game, um, minus a, a few different features and whatever. Especially as they've sort of rolled out more stuff. But it is like um, the snowmen. You roll those out. It's Justin. Congratulations. That was the best joke made yet on the podcast. I don't think that is true, number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I thought the Blink-182 stuff at the beginning was actually pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that was a good start. Good start, Blake. Um But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so good. It's it's a wonderful game, and I, I sunk 175 hours into it. I think Elena put 200 or more. Uh, my older brother put 400 hours into it. That is wild. And I was actually talking to him about it, and he was like, yeah, I was just playing it every single day for two like two hours every single day and then one day in september it just snapped it just like i was just like i'm done <laughs> I've, <finished laughs> like, this. I've done everything yeah. i need uh, which is which is totally wild but it's it's i mean that came for me at the end of the summer or so basically i think right around when the last of us came out i was kind of like yeah we'll put this to bed it's not it's not a bad game and obviously played 175 right. hours of it but um I, I do wish that a lot more of that stuff was rolled out um, beforehand. It just, it felt like, like seeing the updates that they've, that they've sort of made kind of makes me feel like, oh, it's maybe not super complete, you know? Um, but it's still, it's still wonderful. I still have a lot of great memories of playing it and um, I like it a lot. I think, I think it's, uh, it's complicated because I think they, they've tried to make this something that when they're releasing these features, it brings people back in. Yeah. Like, it seems like it was an intentional choice for them to, like, leave features out sounds like, like, uh, like necessarily negative, but they wanted to leave breadcrumbs to make you come back and play this game, like, throughout the year. Yes. Um, and like the Halloween updates, the the uh, Christmas updates or whatever they call it or whatever. I think mm-hmm. those are good things about bringing people back. But I think ultimately the reason that this game is not a Justin game, but it's a game that is definitely on my top 10 is because I wish there was more specific tasks to do. Yeah. And once I, I agree. Once I like finished going through the initial thing, once I paid back my house loan, once I did all that stuff, like the initial like getting your island set up and like checking all those boxes, and it just became like do what you want. That's when I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna collect money and mm-hmm. costumes, I guess. And that's where it just kind of right. lost me a little bit. But even then, like I'm saying that having played the game for 90 hours, like anything that you put that much time into, eventually it's going to get to a point when it's just like, I don't know if I need to play this anymore. Um, I, I think the reason that I haven't really dipped back in for any of the updates other than like the, the summer one, obviously was still when I was playing it pretty regularly. I, I think the problem is I burned out on it so fast and so hard that now I'm kind of like, well, going back to it for Christmas stuff. Yeah, I could, but like, ugh. It's fine. You know, like I've already put so much time into yeah. it, but it, um, it did become kind of like chores to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people like that was their criticism of the game. They're like, it's a chore simulator. It's like, yeah, that's the game. Yeah. Like, like that's just what the game is. I mean, that's not a great criticism because video games are just simulators of doing things. <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? Like, okay. But I, I think yeah. one thing I wish this game had more in common with is pocket camp. Okay, I didn't. I know you play, You got really deep into that. I did not get super deep. And uh, the thing that I liked about that, and the thing that I like about Genshin Impact, is that the dailies in it are good. 
Yeah, a little bit more interesting than just getting your, you know, seeing and, what's for sale, finding the recipe, whatever. And you have, like, specific tasks. Like, a, a character will ask for a certain amount of fruit or flowers or bugs. And then yeah, you have yeah, to yeah, give yeah. those orders every every day to them. And this one, you can, like, give them whatever you want. And, like, you could look up a guide about how to, like, what 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 is the specific item that this character likes. But I just wish it was a little bit more check you got to do this mm-hmm. today. Check this off the list. Make sure you make all your friends happy. And uh, inherently, that does sound like more chores, right? But, <laughs> but it's a little bit more I, engaging. Yeah, like uh, like specific things I can accomplish that I, I yeah. need to accomplish in order to check the numbers, uh, check the box, make the numbers go up, be a little better and stronger with my mm-hmm. relationships and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's well. Here's here's I think a lot of people sort of got it wrong because they talk about it like it's. They talk about it like like the the meaning of the actual game is like re, you know revenge is bad violence is bad and to me that just is a little <laughs> reductive because <laughs> you see that whenever the cockroaches come back yep 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 um, do you want to know where that that game sits on my list uh, no just surprise we'll, we'll cover that in a sec we'll just keep going down the, down the order okay okay um, my next game number five is Spiritfarer. I've talked a little bit about Spiritfarer. I haven't finished it, actually. Um, December got very busy. What? Yeah, yeah. But Spiritfarer is great. I've talked about it a little bit on the show before. It, it's just like... It, it is a very... Obviously, I don't know these developers. Obviously. But it feels like a game that was made for me. And, and by that, I mean, I think it's a game that feels like it's made for everyone in a very personal way you bring you know you bring if, if you haven't listened before or don't know what it is you play as the charon who is the person who um chauffeurs the dead into the afterlife to the great beyond uh in like greek mythology you play as his replacement he retires and then now it's up to you to go pick up lost souls and deliver them to the everdor where they move on to become constellations and it's beautiful makes me cry every single time but basically each of these like people that you meet these souls they're all like animals it's very animal crossing meets stardew valley kind of and it's like i see people maybe not people who've died necessarily but people in my life in all of these different characters who i've had to maybe let go or people who i know eventually i'll have to let go because you know everyone dies and that's just how life is. I don't mean to like bum, like bring it way down, but like it is so bittersweet in the way that those sorts of themes and those sorts of moments are. And I think it's, I think it's just beautiful and it makes me cry every time. And again, it felt like a very personal story being told to me that I felt like was about my own life and my own journey with that sort of thing. When I know that it's the, that everyone could feel that way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think, uh, how far are you in the game? Like 10 hours. Okay. I delivered, I delivered a few people to the spirit, to the Everdor, and then just, I put it down. I just haven't been able to get back to it, but it's the one I want to finish it in 2021. Do you know, like, I don't want to have spoilers here, but do you know any of the context about who you are as a character? Uh, I've learned a little bit, but not a lot. Cause I think that to me, like, that's something that when you start to really look into the, those stories and find out more about that, I think is really mm-hmm. interesting and fascinating and adds a different level even on top of 
of your own personal connections with it because there yeah. is there is a story um and uh i i played this game three hours perhaps yeah okay uh and i think it's funny because while animal crossing is my number five game uh this game is not even on my top 10 and part of it's because mm-hmm. i haven't played it as much but this game is everything i wish animal crossing was in terms of having tasks and things to do and specific stuff yeah, to do. yeah yeah um and uh, the, I don't think I'm ever necessarily going to probably go back to it. And I think one sure. of the sad things with this game is the reason uh, uh, I'm not is because I, it's free on Game Pass, but I have to spend money on it on Switch. On Switch, yeah. And I, this is a Switch game for me. Like this is the perfect place yes. to play a game like this on Switch. Um. But uh, I, so I, I mean, I've invested enough into it, and I don't know if this is a game that I'd like want to replay again the first three hours. Uh, probably not. It's like very like I mean, just maybe. checking these things off, move progressing a little bit further, um, and it really opens up once you get further into it with like what you can yes, do. And there's almost like so much stuff that you can do, um, and I think this is a good game. And while I'm not playing it currently, my girlfriend is sitting and playing it <laughs> right now. Is, does she like it? Yes, yeah, she does. Uh, she's she's probably like. 15 so or if yeah. not more hours into it um and uh i have like it's been like just the the music like the creepy like jellyfish music has just been stuck in my head nonstop because it's always like playing stuff and <laughs> the whole soundtrack is actually really really, really yeah really, really, really yeah good. it's good um, it's it's really good uh and uh like there's su- there's such good stuff with this game i would say if i'm gonna have a complaint about it um it's it's the story forward it's not really story forward yet yeah well it's like these individual tales it's sort of like all these individual things sort of build to bigger things at least that's where it's going yeah that's that's i i i feel like her one of her complaints with it and also like one of the things that i've noticed when observing it it's kind of like, well, who am I? Like, what 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 is the point of this? Like, what is my actual relationship to this character? And they do some yeah. things like with the when you when you meet Hades that they like reveal like murals, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Not every time. Not every that you time, bring but like through, uh, but at least yeah. with like the the first spirit you put in there, and it starts to just like unravel a little bit about that background. That mm-hmm. I just wish that you knew more to be begin with because sure i'm gonna spoiler i looked up on the internet what some of the stuff is and it's really oh, interesting don't tell me. i'm not i'm, not, I'm not. Oh, okay okay but like okay, it's just really interesting with 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 a lot of their choices and maybe that's like one of the reveals that they come to at the very end but i think like the who these characters are their relationships i think that's some of the best writing and the best individual like you were saying individual stories um mm-hmm. i think uh of not only like this list, but I think of this year, some very emotionally touching stuff. And I think it's yeah. even more going back to our game of the Awards discussion games for impact. This one I think really is, is nailing Got that robbed. impact. It Got did. I, I have feelings about that, but, um, alas. but I don't want to hear your feelings about that. Justin, I want to hear your feelings about number four on your list. Um, this is, this is, I think where we're going to start to intersect a little bit, maybe a little bit more. I'd be shocked if I would be shocked if we have more than one remaining that are similar, but pleasantly surprised. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, go on. Because my number four game is Spider Man Miles Morales. 
Ah, okay. I think with that, you saying that, it makes me think that we are actually going to not have that much in common here. But go on. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a good game. I, I was uh, uh, I was a, a big fan of the Spider- Marvel Spider-Man or whatever they called it. It's um, the Insomniac one? Yeah, the Insomniac one. Uh, but this game, mm-hmm. I think, is... Uh, it's a, it's smaller and i know you you said that like it was you know 40% done and you haven't been playing it that much um uh and i think that is something that does not hurt this game i probably played this game 20 hours to get the platinum um and i'm pretty mm-hmm. i'm done with it and i don't think that's a bad thing like 20 hours is a long time to play a game <laughs> you know yes. and the story itself, like when I did the second playthrough, you can get through that story in I think I said like four hours, maybe four and a half mm-hmm. hours. Uh, if you yeah, if really, at all. if you're really just uh, pressing through yeah. it, and you're not doing any of the side activities, um, but uh, this game uh, is I think better than the the original one, and I think it's the the combat. I love the Venom powers that you get. I think that really adds adds a lot to the combat. Less of a focus on constantly spinning through your tech wheel to try to get the the new little little tech thing that you really don't use like you did in the other other one. They still have some tech powers Mm -hmm. here, but, like, not the focus. Um, There's way less. Way less, and it's more manageable. And I love how with the uh, your ability to turn invisible, it makes stealth a little bit more of a viable option throughout the game than I think it was in the other one. Uh, and, uh, the, the story itself is really good. And I think Mm -hmm. I've just fallen in love with the Miles Morales character, uh, since Into the Spider-Verse. And like, from that moment on, just kind of seeking out more of his story. I think he's a fascinating character. Um, I, uh, think the world building that they do is really interesting and great. I love, the game is so pretty. And oh yeah, so oh, beautiful. Yeah. Whether you're playing, uh, when you played it, did you play? How'd you play it? So I've been sort of switching between the like ray tracing default one that it says, and then the performance ray tracing one, that, which brings a what's that? That's like the the one they just released with the sixty frames ray tracing. Yeah, it's sixty frames, but with a like not fully doing the ray tracing, and they like bring down like the crowds a little bit, but like not that the crowds are. <laughs> important (laughs) (laughs) like anything yeah i and i think from a technical standpoint insomniac being able to do that to get the 60 frame ray tracing light version working is awesome because really it was like you got the graphics or the performance it was like beautiful looking with ray tracing 30 frames or smooth 60 frames the fact that they got that working is awesome and it makes me like very uh excited for what the future can be like for um these kind of cross-gen games because it's still able to be played i have heard heard single complaint about it being played on playstation 4 but then with you being able to like scale it up to playstation 5 like that's awesome and i think a worry that has come out of uh the cyberpunk debacle is that what is it going to look like when these games that are meant to be on PlayStation 5 or high-end computer have to be kind of like supported for the other ones? What is that going to look like? 
if this is any indication for what the next year for uh, Sony could look like, I don't think we have a single thing to worry about. And I think this is going to be something that's going to, yeah, you can have them come out on PlayStation 4 still if it's going to help the game, but it's going to be the best place to play it on PlayStation 5. And you'll have these options to go through and the developers will find a way to make the best options being something that takes a little bit of graphics and performance. Yeah. Which... I, I'm excited for. So I think this is a great game. It's improved on everything uh, from the original one, and I think it's really setting up to make an interesting sequel, whatever Spider-Man 2 looks like with your characters yeah. and, the, and the story that they appear to be setting up with uh, uh, what happens at the end of the original, and this one too, technically. post credit scenes. Oh, I, um, I also think I don't have his name in front of me. Yuri. Uh, he was Sam. Yuri. Uh, Yes, that guy, the actor, the the actor of Miles Morales. I think he does. Oh, not Yuri. The too. what's his? Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, oh, Yuri Lowenthal yeah, from yeah. Uh, Sasuke Uchiha fame. Yeah, was he also Naruto in the fame? Pathless? Uh, no, he, was <laughs> he wasn't called. Uh, he wasn't called the Sea though, Ooh. and he's in Bugsnacks. Was that on your That's list? Phil Philbo, uh, called the Sea. No, <laughs> uh, fi- you mean Fish People the game? No, <laughs> but uh, is Miles Morales is, is I'm I am a fan of my only problem with it is that this game wants to be into the Spider Verse so bad so bad it has a legitimate costume <laughs> yes and I I think that's into the Spider Verse is the best thing that Miles Morales has been included in and and I think that it makes the origin like his origin in the comics look like complete trash because it's just it does it does the character it does the story so well. And um, I've obviously not finished Miles Morales, but um, it's I think it's hard to follow up something when people have expectations sort of in that way. But I will I will agree with you that it improves Spider-Man the game way more. Yeah, I I would say, too, with like with what you're saying, I think how this story is building off of the uh, original Spider-Man in terms of his origin story. I think that's he has a fascinating or, or origin story that's pretty well developed. It's not like they just kind of threw, yeah, 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 threw us into this story and started it from scratch because they set it up in the last game. And mm-hmm. I, I said this before, but I, I think the thing that really makes me excited about wherever this is going is they are not afraid to subvert expectations with these stories and how you think this is how this relationship is in, in the in the real world, but we're going to change it. And uh, I'm thinking about you know major character death in the original one and how that is a yes a yes big change. Um, there's uh, another major character slash villain in this game and how they implement that relationship is super fascinating, interesting, and unique from the comics. Um, and yes, I know, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's a good story and anything with this kind of production value, I'm a fan of. All right. Can I talk about my next game? You may. All right, so this will not come as a surprise as I've talked about it so much, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla is on this here up at top number uh, four. It is, it's a good game, despite me sort of dogging on it a lot in the <laughs> past, basically whenever I've talked about it. It surprised me with how much I liked it. Uh, I think it takes all the things I didn't like about Assassin's Creed Odyssey and the other Assassin's Creed games and made them good, actually, which is something I really appreciate because, like... The biggest turnoffs for me in those games were the, like, the actual open worlds. Because they were just big to be big, and that sucks, in my opinion. Because, like, a big open world doesn't mean a good game. And I think that 
a lot of Ubisoft games to me get that wrong by like they think that that's what makes a good game, but it just means that the it's all unpolished and yet looks good in screenshots. But you know when you've got people falling through the floor and whatever, <laughs> it doesn't look great. And I'm not saying that Valhalla doesn't have that; it obviously does. But I think I'm willing to forgive a lot more of that jank because of I like the character and I think that they I've had one. <laughs> like interaction with the people in present day or like the animus or whatever. And from, you know, I've been playing for 45 hours and I assume I'm going to see him again at the end. And that's about it. Kind of get in, get out and you're good. Um, yeah, it's really interesting and I like it a lot. And the best part about it, I think is that the overarching story is told through all these mini arcs where basically like you have a two hour ish, mini arc that's happening in these different places so that you can get like these different uh nations loyalty and i think that's really cool because it also means that i don't have to pay attention i mean i don't have to be following a full story for 100 hours or whatever i can follow these little individual stories and then when those characters come back or spoiler spoiler alert die or kill other people it's really meaningful because I'm like, oh my gosh, you're that guy I met right when I got here and this thing happened with you and you're interesting. Uh, I would compare it to like me liking Assassin's Creed is the same as my dad liking the show Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Go <like> on. <laughs> he, he loves it because it's like bad. I love it because it's bad. But at the end of the day, it is also like engaging and I am still really enjoying it. I I and, and you said that you liked all of the all of the most recent Assassin's Creed games, so you will like this one. I think. Yeah, I, I this would definitely be in my uh, top ten list if I played it this year. Um, I know I'll like it, so I haven't been like rushing to play it. And this is like, yeah. I I treat these games like a long, relaxing, uh, platinum journey, and I'm gonna yeah, platinum yeah, yeah, the yeah. hell out of this in March. It's um, I think you'll get a lot out of it, and I think that. It is a cool character. Eivor is an interesting character. And I think the actual decision-making stuff that goes on is is quite cool. So, what's your number three? My number three game is a game that uh, is much like Assassin's Creed, uh, but it's not. And it's called... Yeah, I knew, I knew this was coming. Here it is. Ghosts of Tsushima. Yes. And I enjoy this game um, for uh, for very uh, basic level uh i enjoyed this game because it was a fun platinum to get and i sometimes like those types of games a lot mm-hmm. um and this was kind of my assassin's creedy fix for the year because it's pretty similar yeah. in in terms uh, how you fill out the map to get the platinum like that was the same mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. the vibe i went for but in terms of being a story uh i thought it was a good story uh about revenge <laughs> He's got Laura Bailey story. and Troy Baker and Ellie, uh, not Ellie, Ashley Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the story itself was was uh, was a good one about like honor and about like doing the 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 basically the the plot is your character who was a samurai uh, who basically in order to stop the Mongol invasion had to do the dishonorable thing and kind of hide in the shadows and mm-hmm. not only. They, they create this interesting kind of duality because yes it's the right thing to do because it's the only way to save the day but your actions also make things worse at the same time and it's kind yeah. of like 
you're thinking about like what it means to have honor to do the right thing uh and if doing the right thing means that you and your people get you know destroyed is that the mm-hmm. right thing to do or is making the choice to protect your home and your people the right thing to do and they you know, I wish they went a little bit more into that change from a gameplay perspective. Like, you know, maybe it starts off very at the beginning, very much like I am only can do sword fighting stuff. And then eventually you put that behind you and do ghost stuff. But pretty much from the beginning, you get both ghost and samurai stuff. And, you know, we talked about uh, last week about how certain games have like, you know, the good and bad choice. Yeah. I wish this game did more with that, with the story kind of had more branching paths when you could be the samurai or you could be the ghost and you could really like stick to that path but that's not really what the point of the game is i think the, the the point is that you do go from being a samurai to a ghost and like you just deal with that and even if you go through the game not sneaking and killing anyone that's not the story they're trying to tell uh but can you, other than gameplay can, oh, go ahead can you say his what what is what is he it's he's a, a what samurai is, um, it's a hard word for me to say i'm learning Samurai. You say samurai. Samurai. Like S A M. How did how? Yeah. Say it for me. I w- I would say samurai. 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 Sammy. He's but a Sammy. Like, here's the thing. You say it with your whole chest, so I'm not gonna stop you. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you don't understand. Every time I say it, I think about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I'm like, am I gonna say this wrong? <laughs> it sounds like you've like heard, like you've read the like. It sounds like you read the word like written in someone's like really messy handwriting and you're like, oh, he's a samurai. Yeah, I think I think I would probably talk about this game a lot more if I had confidence in my ability to say the word samurai uh, and the word <laughs> Tsushima because <laughs> like both of those words are real hard for me to get through. Let me say this. You you say Tsushima way better than Jeff Keighley did at the Game Awards. That man mispronounced <laughs> it like in four different ways. It was embarrassing. It's like, it's Tsushima, dude. It's, just, it's like, it's like, so, so, like, whatever. Anyway, um, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no, not at all. More. Um, so the gameplay itself is, is pretty great. I like the the sword combat's fun. The stealth is like one of those things that I think is probably the weaker aspect of it. Uh, sure, sure. Because I felt like most encounters, uh, I would go into stealthing until I got caught, then I just sword fight my way through it. Yeah. Or I just start sword fighting from the beginning. Um, and like the AI is kind of dumb for stealth. <laughs> it's not like that's the strong point of it, which is ironic because the whole point is you are becoming a uh, like a like a ninja basically. Uh, but, uh, the, the sword play is really great. You feel like you are this like great swordsman and the duels Mm -hmm. that they have are so epic and they feel so great every time you have one, uh, when you're fighting your Ronins and you're, it's just, it's, it, you feel like a badass swordsman. Sure. But the game itself is so beautiful. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's just fun to experience that world and run around it. And I, you know, I not with hyperbole, but in terms of the fact that this is a, a place that you can just get kind of lost in this world, and yeah. the way you find things with rather than question marks, you have the wind guide you. You can make it as like immersive as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it was just such a good experience, and it was one that I wasn't actually planning on playing. I was like, I can I can let this game wait, but I was given uh given it it was given to me on my birthday. Uh, sure. And I played it right after I, I played The Last of Us um, Part Two, and I was like, "Well, this game is awfully good as well." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, I feel like I missed it for a handful of reasons, and right now I don't think I'd be able to enjoy it because 
I'm playing so many big open world RPG-esque games. Um, and, and I think when it came out, the reason I avoided it was because I, if I were, were to play this game, I think I would want to enjoy it a little bit more mm-hmm. and appreciate it more. And I don't think I would be able to immediately on the heels of The Last of Us. Yeah, I, I also am looking forward to coming back to this game um, uh, eventually to play the multiplayer which I hear is pretty good. I've heard that the multiplayer is very, very good. And it's free. And it's like all... Yep. That's, it's cool. That's cool. Yeah, And they did it smart, too, with how they kind of like put that right before the holiday season started. So, you know, yeah. you have that initial... Because it was a awesomely selling game to begin with. But then, all right, remember this game? There's going to be some new mm-hmm. stuff for you to either come back or, or purchase this again. So, nice job, Sucker Punch. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? All you had to do is make a bunch of other good games. And now this game's good, too. Wait a second. This game was made by Sucker Punch, and they didn't mm-hmm. decide to have a, a good and bad system in it. I guess they learned from their last one, <laughs> and they said, "Like, okay, well, this doesn't like work great, but um, that's cool. I, it's it's a game that I'm interested in picking up potentially uh, next year." All right, number three for me. Listen, I'm not going to say anything you haven't heard about Hades, but let me try. Um, we start. I know. I know that you are not so hot on Hades. Is, is it on your list? Is it number two for you? Hell no. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's aggressively uh, off it, my list. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's it's a good game, and it's winning game of the year from everywhere else. So I don't know if there's much else for me to say about it. Uh, it didn't grab me initially when I played it. I was like, okay, I, get, I see this, and then I put it down for like a week and a half, and then I was like, I want to play Hades more. Um, I think it's just interesting that my only problems with it and the reason that I sort of did stop without actually getting to the actual credits of the game was because I was so sick and tired of fighting the same enemies in the same locations. I w- I do think it is cool and it rolls out new enemies as you play and play and play. But uh, I don't think it does it quite as much as I would maybe want it to. But I think the art is really cool. I think the story is really cool. I think the actual like, I think Zagreus is an interesting character, and I think that motivation, because it's not about revenge. It's not about, you know, wait, hold on. It is a game that made a genre that I traditionally really actively don't like into something that I was like, that's a cool mechanic. You know, dying over and over and over again makes sense in the story, makes sense that, okay, all he wants to do is escape. So what's he going to do as soon as he dies? Go right back to it. It reminded me of... Um, What's that Tom Cruise movie? It's actually pretty good. Uh, Live, Die, Repeat. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very good one where like I, I like in that movie he gets killed and he like wakes up in a start at the beginning of the cycle again. He's like, shit, come on. And like that's very similar to how it was with with um, Hades. And after I beat it the first time, I turn the God mode on, which just makes you stronger every single time you die, which I think is actually a cool way to ramp up the like progression just a little bit. Um, but it's 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 a great game. I liked it a lot, and um, I think it absolutely deserves the praise that it gets. Yeah, like it's aggressively off my list uh, because it's not like it. Like, yeah, what's up? Uh, no, I, I, I think I hit what you hit pretty early in the game, and I think this is more of my issue with with pl- playing rogue likes or rogue whatever games. Yeah, yeah is yeah. that I'm just so sick of playing the same parts over and over again. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like. I, I I like the fact that the thing about this game that keep that kept me going uh, for I think I played it right under ten hours. Um, okay. The the thing that stopped me from really loving it uh, was the fact that 
I cared more about the story between runs than my actual runs. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And like I wanted to know the story, but I felt like, you know, you had to go through another run in order to get there. And it was just kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. ugh. And uh like I think the gameplay itself is fun. This is definitely a mm-hmm. sit up game. <laughs> for yes, me. it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I found most of the time I'd play it like before I'd go to bed. And like the runs take like forty five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you're like really getting it good, yeah, yeah, and you know just to get through run one run a night. By the time you get to the end there, your heart is pumping and you are not ready to go to bed. So this no. is probably just like a time and place game for me where I haven't been playing it the right way, or maybe I don't play video games in the right, not the right. I don't think I play the way I play games is not the way that I can appreciate this game uh, as mm-hmm. as much as I should or could. Um, sure. But the the fact of it being repetitive to a certain degree with the, with the enemies, and the fact that I just wasn't necessarily enjoying that gameplay moment to moment as much as I could, mm-hmm. makes it not part of my top ten list. I understand why people like it. I just don't. Sure. I also I think I said this last a few episodes ago. I take back everything I said about Hades not having good music. The song Out of Tartarus is the best song we came out in twenty twenty. It's pretty from good. It's pretty good game. Yeah. Um, I had something else to say about Hades, but I don't remember. It's pertinent. That's okay. What's your next game? We're getting we're getting up there. What's number two? I'm trying to think about what could be number two for you. Do you have a uh, guess? Because knowing it's not The Last of Us Part Two, I'm gonna say it's Final Fantasy VII remake. It definitely is Final Fantasy VII remake. I love this game. I, I mean, there, I, there's no way around it, and I am looking forward to when when whenever. The game comes out. Uh, the sequel to this game comes out. Um, to replaying it again to get the platinum and go through it again. Uh, the yeah. story is great. The combat's great. What they do mm-hmm. to change mm-hmm. the formula of Final Fantasy VII—not formula—to change the story of Final Fantasy VII, not only from the first like th- Midgar section from the original game to this one, how they like add to it is great. But where they go at the end of it. Um, I cannot stress enough how excited I am to see where they're going in the next game because the, the it's like, I don't want to, sp- I, I don't want to necessarily spoil anything, but this, it, it could go anywhere. And I would not be surprised if it was a beat for beat uh, continuation of the next one. And they keep teasing where they're going with it. Or if they just decide to veer into another direction completely. Um, and the characters, like, you know, the, uh, going back to the original one, like, they're not developed, and you're just kind of like, oh, the the Cloud's, like, whatever, annoying, um, but in this game, you get to know Cloud better, and a more, you have just more of his context, and his, like, moody, like, angstiness, it kind of, like, characters constantly are making fun of him for it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, like, they, they like are so self-aware with that stuff. Um, I think they do a pretty good job of uh, making uh, Aerith, and Tif- Aerith and Tifa interesting characters that are more developed than they were. They're not as one note as they used to be. Um, I think uh, Barrett is a great character in this one. And I thought he was interesting in the other game, but they, they really are filling out his story in a way that, that is interesting. Um, 
so story-wise, awesome. I love it. I love so much about it. Uh, Gameplay-wise, yep. this is like the kind of RPG I like. You're active in it the whole time. You're moving around. You're using strategy, but you're still thinking about like, all right, how many skill points could I do I get to... You know, should I be using or MP? Should I be using on this stuff? How am I going to spec my characters in a way that's going to be really interesting for them? And I think one of the things they do in this game that really... Uh, that I sometimes get uh, decision paralysis with in RPGs is when you have like a, a, a roster of nine characters and like yes. choosing what are the yes. best three. Well, in this game, mm-hmm. you don't have a choice. Through every section of the game, you are stuck with your three. Par- stuck is the wrong word, but you, they're they're they predetermined. Gives you what you got. Yeah, you, yeah, they give you what you got. You can't change out in the fly, except for like the the VR rooms. You can. Um, yeah. Okay. At the yeah. End. But uh, you're, these are this, this this is your party for the story. How are you going to make this best for this moment? Go, and I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, and I I never would have thought that the combat would be as good as it was. Um, yeah. And uh, even like playing the demo, I didn't I didn't get it until I really got deep into it and understood it, and you get more of the characters. So Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy VII Remake is everything a remake should be. And when I'm kind of laughing about, like, how Xenoblade Chronicles is technically, like, is that, like, a remaster, remake, whatever, uh, Final Fantasy VII is the perfect way to make people who love Final Fantasy VII growing up uh, feel nostalgic, but also move the narrative forward in a way that is uh, welcoming to new players as well. That makes sense. I, um, as a new player to Final Fantasy VII, uh, I want to finish it. It just got swept under the rug by a bunch of other games. Uh, I, I wish I had played it maybe when it came out. That probably would have gave it a little bit more urgency. But with Cyberpunk and me doing Assassin's Creed and all that, it's just been um, sort of not not on the front burner. But I'll I'll get there because I do I do really want to finish it because I have really liked it and I think if I had finished it, it probably would be on this list somewhere um and that is coming from someone who has no nostalgia for this story no nostalgia for these characters at all so it is um it's 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 pretty cool and uh, i want to be clear my nostalgia was nostalgia i forced this year because i played final fantasy 7 for the first time this year as well that's right that's right just as kind of like like to get some like backstory because i i I was one of those like you know like i don't know if it can't be that good of a game and you know in 2020 standards it's i understand why it was good when it came out i don't think it holds up in 2020 the original um but boy these are old it's just yeah they're old they're they're terrible but final fantasy 7 remake that ain't that ain't old that's new that's fun i i hear you uh my number two is animal crossing new horizons we don't have to say anything about this game yeah that's good that's good when at the game awards when they did the the orchestra orchestral arrangements of all those songs and when that song came on it was like yes this is that good shit <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a good song it's it's a good game and and i think we have described why it's my number 2 so i'm curious about your number 1 here i'm curious if if ours match up i'm i'm pretty sure we've been teasing this for like 3 months <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay, so let me let me describe what this game is. So, like, when it came out, I mean, still people say people who don't like it. There, there are a lot of I think genuine reasons to not like it that I can understand. But there's, in my opinion, I've heard more bad reasons to not like it. But it's just like people say, you know, the gameplay is old. It's not 
innovative. It doesn't do anything new. The story doesn't really have much to say. And I would, I would have to disagree with all of that, which is why my game of the year for 2020 is Marvel's The Avengers. <laughs> just ends. <laughs> yep. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's the last of us part two. It's a good fucking game. <laughs> it's it's it like okay. It, it, stop me if we've said this before. It is the game that has like I have picked apart over and over and over again since I played it, and I haven't stopped and I can't stop because I think it is the perfect example of what video games can be. Of what, of what the medium can be. And here's the thing. Everyone's like, well, you don't get to make choices. So it's not like a, it's not like, it's not an interactive game. It is. Ah, but it is because it's not, it doesn't need to make choices to be an interactive experience. Um, because you know, people say like, okay, well you do bad things and now it's like making you feel bad. No, no, it's not. I mean, yes, it is, but it's making you wonder about, it's not asking you, it's not saying Justin Makovich can't believe you did that and you loved it because you didn't you probably felt bad when you were doing it and so it's making you say yeah that is bad and it makes me wonder about what what's ellie's mental health look like is she doing this for the right reasons abby is she a good guy after all was joel bad the whole time spoiler alert he was he was a bad dude in the first one he was a bad guy in the first one and then it, like like what is he a bad guy i don't know what i'm trying to say is like he makes decisions that are selfish and we agree with him when he does it because we are also sometimes selfish but it doesn't mean that he is always like a saint throughout that game i mean like that torture scene like he's not a he's done that before which is why he's so good at it but it makes you ask questions about those types of people in your life. And it makes you say, okay, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? It doesn't really matter because in this particular story, in Abby's story, he was a bad guy. Where in Ellie's story, he was a good guy until he became a bad guy, whatever. But that's yeah, a good game. I, before we started recording, we were having a conversation about soul and talking about it. And just, you know, a couple of our critiques about the Pixar like, movie, about the story. Right. Yeah. And, I think we can both sit here and agree that it's a good game, a good game, a good movie. Okay, and yeah. The story is like, a good oh, you just story. Just wanted to say that you liked it. Yeah, but it could have been better at certain parts, or we would have done it a different way, or we wish it would have done something else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like every single game on our lists, they have you know stories that could have been done differently, could have been done better, but I don't yeah. feel like people knock it as much as they knock The Last of Us Part Two. For whatever reason, they're expecting this story to be like you. You can't argue with it. It's the, this. It's the only thing. And and my interpretation of this story is the only one that matters. And they did it a different way than I thought it should be. So it is wrong and it is bad. Yeah. And I don't understand why the when people are looking at this story, they can't just look at it as like this is the story that we were given. This is what the people at Naughty Dog thought or thought. This is how the story should have ended. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Maybe not. Does that mean it's bad? No. Like, you can still have, like, a good story that you don't agree with, and it can still be a good game. And I feel like people are too often just, like, getting stuck up on looking at The Last of Us Part Two as not being the story they wanted it to be. Or it's not, yeah. it, you know, you're focusing on a character that you don't like, and you, you can't believe they'd paint this person in a bad light. 
instead of just taking it for what it is as being like a good story or an interesting story or a unique story or a deep story that you can have these conversations about that you can you know disagree with decisions that the characters make but that's part of what makes the story great is that you can disagree with it and i don't think if you disagree with the story it should bring a game from a 10 to a 6 because if that's it's, the case, literally every other video game that has a good story right. should be knocked down because of that. I think a lot of people... Okay, so this I'm going to go out there for a second and I'm going to bring it back. Okay, so just go with me. Do you know what CinemaSins is? Yes. Okay, so CinemaSins, if you don't know, which, first of all, how? But they're like a YouTube channel that does like that does like movie reviews with the biggest air quotes I can possibly have. And it just points out all the continuity errors in a movie and says that it's a good movie or a bad movie based on how many cars moved during the chase scene. <laughs> yep. That was a fucking flaw. You're right. Wow. Good job. <laughs> um, but what that has done in my opinion, and I think CinemaSins has been around for like 10 years and I think a lot of people watch CinemaSins and say and see it as a legitimate critique of film. It's not. It's a it, it points out continuity errors and it also points out and again the biggest air quotes I can possibly find freaking 144 point font Times New Roman air quotes saying plot holes. And what CinemaSins says are plot holes are well why don't the characters just do this? It makes a lot more sense if they would just do this. And um, something that I don't think CinemaSins and fans of CinemaSins have considered is uh, they just fucking didn't. So like, <laughs> <laughs> in the way that like I can do an infinite number of things in my life and sometimes I don't. And sometimes the things that I do don't actually make a lot of sense. So the reason I say all that is I think that a lot of people... CinemaSins is like the big was the biggest thing on YouTube when I was in high school, and uh, I think a lot of people have seen things like that and seen criticisms of movies and like criticisms of like plot holes, and then taken it to every other facet of entertainment. Right? Well, why didn't they just do this? It, it doesn't make sense that they would do this. Well, because people are inconsistent. People don't always make the smartest moves. Even smart people make mistakes, right? So people point at The Last of Us Part 2, and here I am bringing it back, and they talk about like, well, why didn't they just do this? Why did Joel give his information, say his name to these strangers that he didn't know? Because he just he made a mistake. He either made a mistake or he has gotten older and kinder and less guarded about who he is, which we saw that change in The Last of Us 1, Right? There are, like, all these plot holes and, like, oh, well, why did Abby do this? If She's actually really dumb because she did this or all that kind of stuff. And it's not actual plot holes. It's just pointing out, hey, this is what the narrative is. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's – I. I think that sort of stuff ruins these types of experiences because it's just people saying like, well, I wouldn't make that decision. And it's like, oh, cool. What's interesting about that is I didn't fucking ask you. Um, <laughs> like I, I'm playing the game to know what the game was. And I've seen all sorts of people. And I'm sorry, I'm going on this like five minute long rant. I've seen all sorts of people say, well, why? Like they should, it should have been like this. This is how the sh story should have gone. And so there have been some where I was like, wow, that would actually be really interesting. And then I always come back to, but would it have been more interesting than the story and plot that we got? And my answer is no. 
this game made me challenge my own personal biases against people who have uh, people who have done me wrong in a way that I, first of all, wasn't expecting. And second of all, I wasn't expecting to do and for me to come out the other end and say like, Hey, walk away. Everyone just walk away. I don't, we don't, this isn't good. You are better than this, Ellie. This isn't you. You're better than this, Abby. This isn't you. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, and I, th- I yeah, go on. I, and I, I even think like, so what if these other alternatives are a better story? Like, what if, what if it does, you know, if you, you change a decision in there, it could make the story different or better. Right. But I don't think Maybe. that's the important thing. Like, this is the, this is what we have. This is what it is. And it's not like this stuff is filled with and riddled with plot holes. I don't think it is. I think if you listen to any of the. Depends on who you ask. What? Depends on who you ask. But I, and I, and I guess like when you're when you're talking to the uh talking like i know them personally but when you're listening to interviews from the actors and the directors and the people involved in this they were so thoughtful with yeah. literally every single choice that these characters made they had reasons for them and you constantly hear uh troy baker and uh yeah uh, uh what's her face Ellie. Ashley Johnson, Ashley Johnson, um, and Laura Bailey. They talk about when my character did this, not when I did this. They said, "This is what my character did," yeah, and this is what my character thought. And having that kind of context, I think, is fascinating, and it is so enlightening about like why the story happened the way it did. And right. you know, I mean. I don't know if you ever need to necessarily have that set in the story in a specific or particular way. Like, I don't think you should have every decision justified in a game movie or whatever, but the, the fact that, that they did think about this stuff and it wasn't just like they were not careful about it, I think is a testament to how good and deep and well-crafted this game is. when you're talking about like character choices and everything, like I don't think that there's a single like thing that any character does. I'm talking about like the main ones. Maybe there are some whatever tertiary characters that aren't important to do things. I don't understand, but I don't think there's a single thing that anyone does in the main cast that I don't understand that. I don't say I like, where is this coming from? I think if you said, I think if you told me, and I think that the, what the the leaks did a, this game a disservice, obviously. But I think if you told me, without having played the game, uh, but let, let's say I finished The Last of Us 1, I'm like, wow, that was great, I'm excited for the sequel. And then someone said, okay, at the end of the sequel, Ellie drops everything, everything that she's ever loved to go kill this one woman. I'd be like, what do you, that doesn't make sense to me. But it makes sense in the context of the game. Once you go through it, you see this downward spiral of her like self-destruction and and grief and it's like wow that makes (laughs) a lot of sense as to why you're so fucked up and and i i think that the people who don't like this game not the people who don't like this game the people who swear by this being an atrocity to storytelling and to game making and all that kind of stuff for for the reasons that we've discussed not for legitimate reasons about saying like yeah just didn't click with me that's fine i'm not here to tell you what doesn't doesn't work but for the people who actively didn't like it because of what it is at face value, 
they are missing the point of the game. Because to me, it's... I mean, okay, you could say it's above violence being bad. And I, I do, like, all jokes aside, like, literally all jokes aside this time, I do think that that's reductive. Yeah, that's in there, but it's so it goes so much further than that. What you're missing is the actual point of this game is about empathy, in my opinion. And to beat this game emotionally, not with a controller, you put the controller down, you can beat the game, but you can't beat the game unless you empathize. And I think that that's why this game is the best game that came out this year, and it's not even fucking close. I think it's I think it's interesting too because when people are critiquing uh, the Abbey section, when you're Abbey, mm-hmm. a common thing that people critique is that like I get I get what they're trying to do. They just keep having the same thing about like oh this is the other side's perspective. Think about both sides, and you do that for 15 hours. That's too long to like get that point. But I think the interesting thing about what they do there is, yeah, it starts off like, oh my god, the people who I was killing now they're human. That I, yeah. yeah, I get that. Like it, it, it's not fifteen hours of that though, because quickly no. you're wrapped up into Abby's story. Yes, and then you start to care about Abby's stuff and her motivations and her struggles, yeah. and then it's almost like when you go back to Ellie at the end, it's almost like, well, she, oh, crap. <laughs> and, well, that's the whole thing. Yeah, like when you do that first flashback as as Abby, when you you know you, the past intersect and she's like, "You killed, uh, we let you live, and you wasted it." Boom, and you go to the flashback of her at the, you know in what is it? Uh, not say Washington, no, Seattle, Portland, but yeah, no, no, no. Where where does the Last of Us one end? Boston? No, no, it's it's on the that coast. I forget where though. I thought it was in Salt Washington, Lake Salt Lake City. It's in Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. So, irrelevant. You're in Salt Lake City, right? And you have this flashback and you find out, okay, oh, Joe killed her dad. Her dad was the surgeon guy that you had to kill at the thing. Okay, sure. I remember thinking like, oh, got it. I understand. And then it goes to Seattle Day 1. <laughs> like, like, oh, wow. Oh. Oh, interesting. And then you see the upgrade tree. And you're like, oh, interesting. And then I assume you did what everyone else did, including myself, I got to a good stopping point, and I said, let's wrap it up there for tonight. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I... Okay. And then you sit down, and you really go through it. And you're like, damn. This is wild. This is wild. Because initially, when I sat down to do the Abby stuff, I was like, well, let's get this over with. And then by the time you get to the end, you're like, wow, this is actually meaningful. And to do this at its face value, yeah, I get it. Walk a mile in someone else's shoes. I get it. But saying, like, I understand that concept and actually doing it are so different. <sighs> also, the gameplay is really good. Yeah, also, the gameplay kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen people say, like, it's old gameplay. I mean, because it, it, it's the same as same gameplay from freaking Last of Us 1, but it's, like, way better in every single way. And, like, okay, it's old gameplay, but it's... Uh, how did I phrase it? Kicks ass. Like it's really good. What is an old gameplay? Like I think, like controversial. I think this is a more fun shooter than Fortnite yeah. mechanically. Yeah. I think like I h- how they have the encounters are little sandbox areas. How you go about them, kind of up to you. Sneak, attack, run, whatever. Um, I, I hate how they make me kill dogs, but I also like how the the dogs are like another like layer to the combat that kind of forces you to move around and stuff. Um, yeah. Like I don't know. I I I understand people being nitpicky. Like I hate Hades. Like I get it. 
Yeah. People disagree with me. I get it. But like equal opportunity, like if you're going to be nitpicky about one game, I want you to be nitpicky about all the games in the same way as, as, right. as that. And if you're going to knock The Last of Us for uh, having the story that you don't agree with or, or being too violent, look around. <laughs> Uh, look at The Last of Us 1. You ever play it? You play as a guy on a cross-country road trip to save the world from zombies, and what does he do at the end? Justin, tell me what he does at the end of that journey. He lies? He doesn't do it. Oh. <laughs> and that game is a good game, but Ellie goes on the same uh, similar style of journey, and she doesn't do it, but it's bad. And because The, the Last of Us, wanted. the original Last of Us, like, that, like combat is bad i mean it's just the it's, it's like just not super as polished as this new one right it's exactly just, it's like it's fine yeah it's okay but like <sighs> i don't know i i feel I'm like a, every yeah i feel like it's such a down note for our number one game and i feel like i can understand you not liking it as your favorite game of the year because there's been a lot of good games released this year I do not yeah. understand hating this game. Yeah, I, I there are there have been, and you got to be careful when you watch any videos about The Last of Us. I have I've seen <laughs> one video that really went into why they were disappointed with it and why it did not work for them. That it has been probably the only one where I've been like, "Wow, okay, I see what you mean." But but I would say that it is because, and maybe this is not true, but I feel like a majority of them are just like, yeah, I just don't like uh, women and like <laughs> people, <laughs> um, which obviously sucks. But it's it's. I think I think that it's when you talk about The Last of Us, and you know, you said ending on a down note. For me, it's hard to talk about it without talking about the critique, big air quotes critique that it's scrutiny maybe that it's been sort of under and when you look at that you start getting into like well why don't people like this people don't like this for all the reasons that's good you know you know what yeah. i'm saying and, and it is that's hard i think to i don't know get around but it is a fantastic game and every single time we talk about it i want to go play it all right so uh i i have our list of of yeah top 10 based on right. our our scores but before we go through it there's a couple things like we got we got to just because there's some ties we got to break some ties okay okay so we're going to first do this through a conversation and if our conversations can't agree we're going to do it uh based on who has the highest cumulative like numbers i guess yeah, yeah. so first of all <clears throat> we have a tie between yakuza like a dragon and carrion give it to yakuza okay all right next one we have to break a tie between Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Okay. I'm not saying I don't like Spider-Man, but I'm saying I think you are going to be more hot on Assassin's Creed when you play it than I am hot on Spider-Man. <laughs> what? That's just a funny. That's just a funny way of putting it. Uh, yeah, I. But do you, do you sort of know what I mean? I would say this is a wash for me. You ask me today, I would say I would say Spider Man um, would be number one. 
but I'm looking more forward to playing Assassin's Creed than I was looking forward to playing Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man's great. I'm enjoying my time with it. It's not a bad game. And I just think that Assassin's Creed is better. I would, I would, I would say I agree with that. All right, All right, the next one, and we're gonna have a hard. This is gonna. I, we're gonna have to find some kind of way to break this tie because there's no way this okay. is happening to me. Um, Hades and Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> there's absolutely no way to break this tie that I can think of. Um, and uh, we haven't. Uh, I played Hades. You have not played Ghost of Tsushima. Correct. So are we gonna do a rock paper did, scissors? Because you just you just hate Hades, right? Yeah, I aggressively dislike it. Not okay. all right. So how about this? Let me let me say this. Hades has gotten so much praise, so much love. I think that it being a little bit one slot lower on this list is not going to change people's <laughs> minds about if it's a good game or not. Yeah, specifically so give our, it, give it, our site top ten list. <laughs> Correct, correct. So give it give it to Ghost of Tsushima. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure I would feel fine about it. So we have a top 10 list for our website. At number okay. 10, we have Carrion. Okay. At number 9. Congratulations, Poland. At number 9, we have Yakuza, Like a Dragon. All right. It's a good game. At number 8, Spiritfarer. Oh, there you go. At number seven, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Okay. At number six, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla. Congratulations, Assassin's Creed. You made it up in the big leagues. We are now in the top five. At five, we have Hades. Okay. At four, we have Ghosts of Tsushima. At three, we have Final Fantasy VII Remake. All right, there it is. And two and one, I got you. At number two, and they won by a lot, according to the scoring system. Uh, Animal Crossing is number two. Yeah. And The Last of Us Part Two, definitively, Hitbox's number one game of 2020. That makes sense, right? I think so. I mean, like, I remember, like, rolling credits on Last of Us Part Two and being like, what else could come out that I would like more than this? And the only game that I was like could potentially do it. Can you guess what that might be? Cyberpunk. No. Have been. It would have been Cyberpunk. That's that's yeah. what, like me sitting back and being like, what could beat this? And I think it was like Cyberpunk. Uh, real quick before we wrap up, I do want to talk about Cyberpunk and just other any like honorable mentions. I'm actually surprised that uh, jokes aside, Avengers was not like somewhere low on your list because I know that you liked it, but it just like didn't you know grab you maybe in the way that. It grabbed only two percent of the people who are still playing it. <laughs> I think. I think for me, if I were to, if I were to try to like find like a justification to put on this list, the single player story would have been the only argument I could stand uh, stand mm-hmm. on. And I think all right. these other ones on my list either had better, like significantly better gameplay or significantly better stories. That I don't mm-hmm. think it would it would have been kind of close in that. And it wasn't anything like super unique either. Like sure. I mean. Ultimately, like I think Anthem was a better Iron Man game than this. I think okay, yeah. The gameplay yeah, yeah. was kind of a mess at points. Uh, the the fact I haven't booted it up on my PlayStation Five because it still takes about two minutes to load. Yeah. Okay. Even on the new that hardware. So. <laughs> yeah. Too many, too many um, things that I was that are barriers for me to want to play this game. And I think what really sold it was a couple like months ago when I went back to play it after not playing it in a while. 
and I played it for like a, di- a night, and I was like, this is not fun, and the post, the end game is just not worth it for me. Mm-hmm. The Avengers end game wasn't worth it for you? Oh, Interesting a take. Movie. Wow, very contrarian. Movie. It was so good. It was so good. Um, do you have any other honorable honorable mention games? Because I feel like I've went over all mine. Like Final Fantasy probably would have been in there. Um, oh, Murder by Numbers. Uh, it's a puzzle game. It's fun, but it's not. Uh, like it, it was could have been eleven um, on my list. And then uh, Dark Pictures, Little Hope. It's not a great game, but it's fun. And I had a good time with it. And it will have a special place in my heart as the first game I ever reviewed. Oh, that's forever. Yeah. That is forever, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple of, of uh, games for me uh, that I didn't mention um, were uh, Before I Forget, which was the one about the the woman who has uh, Alzheimer's dementia. Alzheimer's, yeah. Um, uh, it, it did ultimately make my list because it just felt like it was kind of like a, a made in dreams game. Yeah. Ultimately. Okay. But I like the content. Uh, it was a, a fun experience. I recommend you try it out. Uh, the other game, uh, The Longing, which uh, is uh, that basically like uh, background. 400-day one, right? Yeah, the game that yeah. takes like forever to beat. Uh, it was it was a fun experience. Are you still I, playing it? I, no, I lost interest in it. So I, I, I wonder what my little uh, my little dude is is doing right now. Probably check on will, him. Will, like, will it give you a notification when it happens? No, when it's all done? absolutely not. So you just have to check in, yeah. like set a timer <laughs> on your yeah. phone. <laughs> Be like in the in middle of my heart surgery. Minutes. Yeah. Like I'm giving surgery, not that I need it, because I've I was I was surgeon. sort of curious how that went. Yeah. So you became a surgeon in the time that you could. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Go on. Uh, and then one game. Uh, this is probably I haven't played a ton of VR, like new VR games this year, but one mm. that I was I played and I was really um, impressed with as a good VR experience was the Room VR. Uh, that came out this yeah, okay. year. Uh, that was just mm-hmm. a fun little like puzzly game. Uh, it, it was a bigger experience than I thought it was going to be, and I was kind of like, I-, I dumbly bought this game for thirty dollars, thinking that it would just be the same game that you had on your phone. Mm-hmm. And that just was not. Turns out it was much better than that. That game that takes like ten minutes to complete on your phone. So yeah. I, I the, well, that's cool. best case scenario. So that um, was a fun little VR game. If you have. Uh, PlayStation VR or whatever else it is on, but uh. dang! Uh, can I talk about Cyberpunk for just one second? Yes, please. So, I have been really, really enjoying Cyberpunk uh, now that I'm able to actually play it. But I don't know if it's going to stick the landing. I think there's a lot of shitty stuff in there. Not, I'm not talking about bugs. I'm not talking about core gameplay. I'm talking about like messaging, and I don't think it's going to maybe stick the landing. There's a lot of like really gross violence against women that like not to get on my soapbox, but makes me feel kind of gross for being a part of it. And I don't know if like the game is going to say anything about it. And from my experience, like hearing people talk about it, I don't know if it's going to, or like, or like the way they treat, like, like there's a lot of like transphobia stuff in there that they're saying they're satirizing, but they're not making a, at least in my experience, they're not saying anything about it, which means that they're not doing satire right, which means they're just including the thing that they think is bad in their game. Again, I'm on my soapbox, but like, I don't know. Does that make sense? I I would say like this game and me, the word to describe it is unnecessary. Yeah. (laughs) And like, there's so many things in this game that are just unnecessary. And when some of the core gameplay stuff 
and I I can like say that it's unnecessary. I think is a problem. Like yeah. the the size of the world, unnecessary. It's so big, way too big. The, the why does it? Why does the map show you places to eat if there's no food meter? <laughs> no, I'm serious. There are there's a hundred thousand icons on the map for places to eat noodles, but you don't need to eat noodles. I've never eaten noodles in the game. I, Go on. Sorry. I, I ate these like little, little stick ball things, and you could eat one at a time in a conversation <laughs> instead of responding to whoever you're talking to, which is kind of fun. It's kind of fun. So he'd just be yeah, waiting there, and I'd just be like. <laughs> until it was gone weirdly enough that's exactly how i do real life (laughs) (laughs) but like the there's just so many things about it that the you know traveling is it's it's so stupid getting your cars getting in your cars going from place to place uh i feel like just why you don't need to uh i yeah it's just there's just so much about it that it just doesn't make sense i i there there there's so many games that do things in this that, that do things better than this game right and uh, there are so many games in this genre that I would recommend over playing this game. Um, and I am not having as much fun as I could be playing it. And I think that's why it went from being, is this in my top 10 to aggressively uh, a little bit better in Hades. Interesting. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, so next week we're doing our to- our bottom ten. Of bottom the ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hades is a preference probably, thing. Yeah. My hate for Hades is a preference thing. To be clear. Yeah. Um, and like, I think the it's a cleaner game than than Cyberpunk, but Cyberpunk is just yeah. like, like I'm playing. I've never it. seen. I ain't never seen someone t pose in, in Hades. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm playing. I'm playing Cyberpunk. Like. I'm clearly enjoying it enough to keep playing it, and there's stuff in there that yeah. I like. Uh, it's just not a step forward in any direction for video games. I, I think it's... I th- I am surprised with how forgettable it is. It's a game that I'm liking, but I don't think it's going to... I mean, like, you know, I talked about how I thought when I finished The Last of Us, like, <clears throat> this will be a game that could be better than it, and it's, like, not even close. Not just from a, like, it's a good game, but it's not even close to The Last of Us. It's, like, I think we're going to remember... How we're going to remember Cyberpunk, I think, is going to be like uh the we're gonna remember the controversy of it and also the fallout from what happened long-term effects of it but uh just a quick update before we leave um I, oh, yeah. uh my microsoft flight simulator uh it's 91.881 gigs downloaded out of the 128 so this oh my gosh so you still have like five hours going since 9 30 this morning <laughs> Jeez. Dang. Dang. Well, Justin, flying into the new year. <laughs> 2021 <laughs> is ahead of us. See that little segue there? Again, uh, Paul Blart. Paul Blart. <laughs> Paul Blart. <laughs> anyway, um, I just I had a little moment there where I f- forgot if his name was Paul Blart with an A or Paul Blurt with an E. Blurt. Um, yeah, but uh, 2021 is going to be a good year for games. It's going to be a good year for Hitbox. Um, we're going to go from 1 million listeners from 2020, obviously to, um, 200 million listeners, which is, you know, a big growth. If everyone shares this with three friends, I think we can get there. Um, is that how that math works? Uh, close. No. You, you were off by like a centimeter. Yep. 
and there it is. But uh, thanks, thanks for joining us on this this long discussion of about our best games of the year. I, I think that we probably in a different year uh, would have gotten a lot <laughs> more into like an argument about what the actual best game of the year is. But something I appreciate you, Justin, about you, Justin, is that you are very smart and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that you like The Last of Us in the same way that I do. So I'm, I'm glad that, that that was pretty cut and dry, but I do look forward to next year when um, we have to argue between God of War and Horizon and the actual the final release of Cyberpunk. That's very true. <laughs> no, no way that's going to be in the conversation, though. Like, like <laughs> real talk, no way when the Game Awards come around, they're going to be like, Game of the Year, Cyberpunk? No, right? Can't be. What if, I don't know, I don't know what this update's going to look like when they release for the PS5. What if it, like, literally I walks on so. water? Like, and it not as a bug and when you don't clip through the water. Like, you actually... I, one more thing about Cyberpunk, <laughs> and then I swear we'll wrap up the show. I can't tell what are features and what are bugs. I can't. There are some things that happen that I'm like, oh my gosh, a firefight's breaking out. And then I jump in, and then the cops start shooting me too. And I'm like, did I do something wrong here? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but I do like it. I do like it a lot. But if you uh, have any, if you want to tell us your top 10 games of the year, maybe the just the best game of the year, whatever. If you just want to talk about games, you can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod, and you can uh, DM us there or tweet at us, or you can uh, email us at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. Additionally, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, and if you are if you are feeling generous, you can follow us there or, or leave a review. Anything to add, Justin? Uh, I, I have a I have a, a quick little riddle if you want me to, to read off a riddle before we go. Yeah, that's kind of fun, kind of flirty. You think a, you think a riddle would will really put a put a put a cap on this here discussion? I'll give you a hint to the the solution of this riddle. It it's it's reminiscent of gaming in twenty twenty. <clears throat> okay, it's about hate begets hate, and I am neither clothes nor shoes, yet. I can be worn and taken off, disappearing. What am I? A wig? Uh, skin? No, take off. What do you take off? A, fl- a plane? Wait, can be worn. You don't wear a plane. Um, wait, one more time. <clears throat> to repeat, I am neither clothes nor shoes, yet I can be worn and taken off, disappearing. What am I? Can be worn. Is it a plane? No. Can you wear a plane? <laughs> well, well, I'm thinking of like other other meanings of the word worn. You can have old, worn out planes. I'll, I'll add. I'll uh, add a qualifier. But you can't yeah. see me when you wear a mask. Mouths. Close. Tongues. Teeth. Oh, smile! Yeah! You're, 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 you're like gesturing. I'm like, you can take your teeth out. It's a banana. Um, a banana. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, remember, old games are old. We'll see you in 2021. Peace. <laughs> I'll stop recording. <laughs>